Hello and welcome to episode 130 of the Daybotcast. This is a weekly podcast where the three of us, but this time four of us, come together each week to talk about K-pop and whatever is current in the K-pop industry. This week, we got a review, we got three topics, we got special guest Umu, who I guess I'll uh, introduce first. Since who goes off. Special guest. She goes <laughs> off <laughs> camera <laughs> right as you introduce him. <laughs> He's like, oh, actually, we, have, we, have, we actually have Brian this week. <laughs> Oh my yes. god. <laughs> yes. The, the day six Let connections. Let me find all my Brian picks in my room. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, I guess in case you didn't know, Umu, she is the, uh, as she says, channel runner of React to the K, which I'm sure you already knew that, which is probably why you're already here you're as watching. well. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, if you want to, I guess, introduce yourself to people who don't know you, which is very few, but you know. Yeah, people who don't know me, I am a classical musician, and I attend a college where I have other classical musicians, some are jazz musicians, basically analyze K-pop on YouTube, and it's fun, and we talk about music from a musician's point of view, yeah. Dope. <laughs> All right, and now, as always, I'm joined by Nate. Let's get ready to rumble. Yes, Ailey put those lyrics in her single. It's sued. ridiculous. She's going to get sued by Michael Buffer. She, exactly. It was so right. ridiculous. <laughs> Since I wasn't here for that review. Although I think I said that several times in my review. Now, also, as always, I'm joined by Andrew, who usually has three things. Usually, usually. But, um, I mean, I could just talk about lighter sort of topic stuff but um i guess something more important happened over the past uh, week um so on thursday july 18th uh kyoto animation a uh, anime studio in japan uh was the target of an arson attack and so yeah i just wanted to sort of like maybe go over it a bit um like 34 people perished unfortunately due to the arson attack 35 people were injured and all of their um sort of like materials and computers were destroyed uh so as a huge you know anime fan weeb whatever uh fan of a lot of their work it just really hit me hard um just hearing about it and just seeing you know kyoto animation just making like front page news everywhere even in the united states over something like this and they really they 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 don't deserve it at all because they make some of the most beautiful work um so uh just as a sort of, I guess, sort of informational thing, uh, one of their uh, American distributors, Sentai F uh, Film Works, started a GoFundMe um, to help, um, you know, sort of assist in anything that they need, whether it be, you know, financial or uh, just anything that they need to sort of replace um, equipment. Unfortunately, you can't replace the lives, but anything that can help right now uh, would definitely you know benefit them so the initial goal was only like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars and in the past four days they're closing in on two million dollars in terms of donations so uh, i'll leave the link to the donation um in the description if you want to support them you know also you can support them by uh they have this uh 
shop on their like a website sort of thing and it it's like a digital shop so it basically it's like buying like high quality wallpapers essentially of just like the different like anime characters or whatever so if you that's a good way to support since they don't have to like process like shipping and all that sort of thing but um yeah i just wanted to like bring that up it's definitely something that affected me a lot because i'm a huge like there's an entire list of like stuff that they've done from like full metal panic air haruhi suzumiya canon lucky star clanad kaon nichijo hyoka love chinibio and other delusions free beyond the boundary hibike euphonium miss kobayashi's dragon maid violet evergarden a silent voice like all of that all of that was <laughs> them and yeah it, it it definitely hit me hard i know you're a big fan of clana that defines your entire life so yeah so yeah definitely violet evergarden ah! <laughs> yeah violet evergarden was amazing too so um yeah definitely Aeon, please you know assist in any Are way you can um if you can't do it financially just you know you can let us know what your favorite um kyoani memories or um kyoani shows were but yeah just keep them in your thoughts keep them in your prayers it's a it's, it was the second most deadliest attack in J- japanese history so yeah, that's that's really all I wanted to talk to you about today in the three things before we get into less or lighter, lighter topics. So yeah, that's it. Horrible. <laughs> I heard about it lightly um, when it happened. I was hanging out with like my anime friend, and but they I didn't wasn't like I didn't know which anime they produced. Yeah, and it turns out it's like all my favorite ones. That's yeah, great. all my favorite ones. Like I spent I spent so much like time <laughs> watching all of their. Like I literally the week before this the incident happened, I watched like the movie of Hibike Euphonium, and they were like mm-hmm. posting these like facts about like. Because it's, for those that don't know, Hibike Euphonium, Sound Euphonium is a story about like a high school, like a concert band sort of thing. And they, like their attention to detail for um, the animation is so much that they recorded people performing the actual like pieces that they were um, like including in the, in the animation. They recorded like their hand movements and like their lip movements and everything just to like nail down the accuracy of it. And, you know. It, it's nothing short of beautiful, and it, it it just really hurt me. I know I know you guys, you uh, Jacob and Nate. I know you have like definitely have an affinity to some of their shows as well. I know Nate, you said Haruhi, uh, really big show. For yeah, you as well. my favorite mm-hmm. favorite anime. I was just so. talking to my friend this weekend. Like, I was like, if you want something that isn't super plot heavy and it's just fun and feel feels good, watch K on. Yeah, K on. <laughs> yeah, just another, like, All these like really big influential shows in anime, and I mean, it's stuff that like crosses over into Korea as well in terms of popularity. So, yeah, again, just donate, please. Just do whatever you can to help them. Jacob, you don't no. have blown up. <laughs> no, I don't. Hashtag no blown up. Yeah, Hashtag no, that, that, no, that, no that's the thing. We we have we have an audience now. We need to get okay. So Umu's audience, if you haven't been turned away by the sad news of Kyoani, uh, I mean, nine thousand and one copies. Yeah, you of know, blown out. Somebody, and I'll make a throne yeah. of them and I'll sit in it every episode. <laughs> no, so blown out is like, <laughs> um, a like poem book Game written by Tablo of uh, of Epic High. So he'd always read out of it, but. We haven't been able to find it for the past two years. So oh, I Jacob, found it again. I found it again. It's Jacob in my needed over there. A, an introduction, so he decided to read out of it as his introduction, and he did it for literally like two weeks, and then lost the book. So, yeah, no, it's just so, okay. So I don't everyone, know where it is. everyone, tweet at Tablo 
and tell him to get him and get, get Jacob, Jacob on the podcast. No, get Jacob a signed copy of. Uh, oh, get Tablo on our podcast. Come yeah, on, that's man. And Eric Nam, tell since him he stole our name. <laughs> yeah, since no. he stole our name, you're like, hey, can you get Eric Nam to come as well? Because we had to take him to court, so <laughs> we do have to, we do have to take him to court for stealing our podcast name. Anyway. Yes. All right. Anyways, um, I guess we can get into the first topic. Which no, will probably take the longest. you forgot the most important thing. We have a bunch of new listeners. They need to join our Discord. They need oh. to subscribe. They need to like. They need to click the bell. You got to do all that garbage. Follow us on Twitter. Um, I think that's everything. But most importantly, join our Discord if you want Mucho like cool people to talk to about K-pop. But you also have to be... Okay with uh, your <laughs> your views being challenged because we like to argue about everything all the time. So, it's but it's fun. all in lighthearted fun. Hmm. All right, now we can get into the first topic unless we have another thing that I forgot no, again. Go for it. Go for it. All right. No, but Umu's frozen. <laughs> okay, we're back. Uh, sorry about technical difficulties, um, but we're starting with topic one, which is. Day Six's new album, mini album, The Book of Us Gravity, which Umu has a physical copy of, but you can't see it anymore because she was showing it earlier. Her, so. her that's yeah. true. You were showing it before. Insert footage. Yeah. Um, we've lost her video. If you couldn't tell, but that's because her internet is not good enough to handle it. I guess we're assuming Too much power. Okay. Um, so just audio only for Umu now. Um, but don't yeah. worry if you're a fan; she's still here. She's still going to rant about day six for an hour, probably. Yes. Okay. So we're starting off with the first song in the album for me. Just for me. Me. Only for Nate. Yes. Specifically me. Um, For me, the song, like, (laughs) oh, wow. I did not even mean that to come out that way. Um, The opening makes me feel like it's going to start out like a crazy 80s Olympics anthem, if that makes sense. Like the instrumentals sound like that type of song. Like it's some sort of song they're going to use for the Olympics back in the eighties. Um, but then the guitar comes in and it becomes like a bit more normal. Um, although if you listen in the background, the instrumentals kind of keep that vibe throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the song was kind of interesting cause it's a bit of a midpoint for day six in terms of music. It like, it doesn't go as hard as like some of their stuff, but it's not as soft as their belt. It's definitely like a mid mid-tier like just energy level um for Mm -hmm. day six which honestly i feel like i mean i haven't listened to them in a while but it seems like most of their stuff is either like really hard or like more ballady um so getting something a little in the middle was interesting and then the vocals were pretty much what you'd expect meaning they were good go ahead umu Oh, okay. So I'm going second. All right. So this is for me that we're talking about. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I have what I wrote down after three more listens after my first listen. And then I have what I wrote down about the lyrics after I listened to it several times. So first, um, the technical view is the, one of the reasons why I didn't, really feel very interested in this song is because it is i feel like one of the most predictable day six songs just because of its chord progression and how the melody goes exactly where it's supposed to go like basically what makes this song feel good is because it actually 
does the music like classical music theory rules. It has a bunch of PACs, which are perfect authentic cadences, and it resolves on one every single time. So it's feel good when you're listening to it. You're like, oh, I know where it's going to go, and it's going to go there. And it just, oh, oh, you just, you feel that like, <laughs> so, like warmth from just knowing what it's going to be like. And so personally, like, I just, I don't like knowing where it's going to go. So that's why it wasn't one of my favorites. Mm. But like, I feel like similar to BTS's Microcosmos, it's in compound meter and feel good. So like, what is there to complain about? Um, other than just like my stupid technical things. Um, <laughs> but like, love the part when I was first listening to it I never even like mentioned this so I need to mention it now but when Sungjin was singing in the bridge tell me now like his yep. voice is like you know normal growly right but then when he says now like sudden growl like just crescendos mm -hmm. and it's like oh my god Sungjin where'd that come from um and then and then I looked at the lyrics so I know my days watching you guys told uh, me after you watched or like in the comment section of my reaction to the title track, like, oh, my goodness, when you do your first listen, please check out the lyrics. It's I, so when I do my first listens, it's honestly easiest and quickest for me if I just shoot through listening to the audio, just buying the whole album on iTunes. So I know it's really good audio quality and yeah. not look at the lyrics so I can concentrate on the music because I cannot do lyrics and music at the same time otherwise i'll totally miss what the you know everything that's going on and then i can't do it afterwards because then that just lengthens the time of my first listen and i usually listen to at least eight songs for every single time i sit down and record and then you know like my brain starts dying and yeah so i saved lyric reading for this for this podcast and so i read <laughs> for me's lyrics and at first I thought oh so you're talking about someone else right but then I realized oh wait no 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 the lyrics are about you at you right like at yourself <laughs> if I interpreted that correctly I was like oh damn and when I first listened to the song or actually like when I listened to this song without knowing what the lyrics was were um i just thought oh my goodness this is just so happy it's just happy it's compound meter like no sadness to it but then when you read the lyrics yeah. it adds a tinge of sadness to it which made me tear up mm. <sighs> yeah okay that's 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 what i've got for <laughs> for me <laughs> okay. i mean yeah i usually don't end up looking at lyrics i, I explained this in a comment before because somebody was talking about um we reviewed ailey last week but i don't know i just i try mm -hmm. not to look at it just because i don't well one i translation and everything and two i don't want it to necessarily beholden me to like oh i didn't like the lyrics so i don't like the song so yeah i try just mm -hmm. focus mostly on music primarily if lyrics are relevant or like their theme i feel like it comes across enough in terms of the instrumentation so i feel yeah it, lyrics definitely sort of are a supplementary or just it, it adds on to like so i guess the enjoyment but i don't feel at least with k-pop it's necessarily a requirement but anyway yeah. on to for me um yeah I, i'd say yeah maybe you kind of summed up what i how i feel maybe just about the entire album move but in terms of mm, just mm -hmm. this song specifically i'd say it was one of the few standouts, I guess, just because I'm a sucker for, like, 80s music. So, um, basically, yeah, this mm -hmm. is, like, the specific notes I wrote was that 
for me like how happy it is just how anthemic the, the guitars feel kind of reminds me of something like i don't know, like tears for fears would do just with a lot more guitars like these like really and then the drumming that dolan's just doing just like these really chunky like duh duh duh, duh just like heavy ass quarter notes that like, you just basically just it screams like 80s to me so yeah i mean it's nothing that's breaking ground necessarily it's just a really good solid opening track i feel yep yep so uh what i said was um I liked how they were kind of like uh, with the first track of this song, kind of continuing on with their like synthy '80s pop style, like rock music from their last album, and kind of transitioning in in that way. And uh, I guess yeah, they kind of like pick right up where they left off with their last EP. Um, also, I like how like forward the vocals are kind of placed in the mix, and I feel like uh, also like the sort of like trotting instrumentals are also to thank for how like high up the the vocals are kind of propped up on the pedestal of sorts of the song um and i like that because a lot of times um a lot of songs like this i feel like it um get um kind of trapped in that a lot of times the the vocals are kind of start sinking into the instrumentals because they're so like big and loud so i was glad they um Good you know made the the vocals nice and clear um also, like what uh, Umu was saying uh, in the bridge, I really like how much gravel Sungjin was singing with. It was that, gravel, that definitely stood word. out to me. Gravel. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he's got a bunch of gravel in his throat. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, it's certainly not outside of Day Six's like pre-existing wheelhouse, but I still think it was a uh, definitely a solid track. So I liked it. Yeah. Uh, next we have. <coughs> Sorry. Next, we have Time of Our Life, uh, which is the single. Um, we're back to J-Rock anime theme song, Day 6. Um, <laughs> this is probably their most anime theme song sounding song yet. Um, it's just like, just listening to the song, if you listen or if you watch anime and like no theme songs, you can literally picture where like the yep. different cuts are in the opening yeah. of the anime, <laughs> yep. like where they like yeah. fast cut to characters and like other stuff. I'm like, this is... it. It literally fits it so well. It even has like that weird like cut build right before the chorus. Um and it has like group vocal like hey or like hey chanting and group vocal chanting and just everything about it. It was so anime theme song. Um I really do like the accented guitar part um during the I think the pre chorus, if I'm remembering what part it is correctly. Um but like during the guitar part that's just like there's some very accented notes. Um and as for the music video, it's pretty typical band music video. Um, just them playing with like a lot of lighting effects. I did like the giant book set thing though. Um, yeah, and the, like, it was a good shot. use of like, yeah, I use that as a screenshot. Um, and then they did a good job of using like colors and like retro styling though. But for the most part, it's pretty standard. Okay. So, yeah, I pretty much agree with what you said. So, I'm just going to read exactly from my notes. I said, when analyzing it, looking at it from a technical view, this is definitely not maybe one of my top 10 Day6 title tracks. Mm -hmm. But Day6 is in, like, I read a bunch of interviews that they did and their intentions for this track and this whole album is just so freaking pure. They wanted to make their audience feel good and they wanted mm -hmm. the tracks to be dance tracks for their live performances. 
which I think they absolutely nailed in this album. Um, so I watch a live performance video and the the chorus, the da, 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 it's G, C, E flat. It just like I was speechless afterwards because like, yeah, it's amazing in the studio version. But when, you know, when they see it live, live and nail it, <laughs> it's insane because it's the intervals like usually in pop music when there's a leap, it's usually a fifth. So there's mm. five notes or I guess there's four, four notes in between um, the first note they start and the last note that they land on. But this one, there's a fourth interval and then it goes to a third. So it's not a typical thing that you hear really fast and really high. So it's a really difficult line. And also just yeah. shout out to Jenny's solo because she did something similar. It might have been an octave, but also it was really fast. And I was like, oh, damn, that that line takes skill to sing. And I forgot <laughs> to say that in my reaction. And I'm angry at myself because that was like my favorite part of solo. Anyways. OK, so. Also, while listening to this multiple times, I realized how tired I am of the chant trope i'm just mm. really tired of it um <laughs> it was in almost every single song in this album and i felt like um they did it first i think with better better which first listen i thought it was a little bit cheesy because that's what kevin thought and i was like oh yeah i'm gonna think the same way because <laughs> I, I was like oh it's pretty cool and then he's like oh my god seriously i was like oh okay i'll develop that attitude too um but anyway <laughs> i got used to it the more i listened to it on my own and i loved it and then i think that it worked so well with shoot me during the bridge and it was really powerful yeah. and it had like bang, this bang. mob yeah exactly i'm okay so hurt me the unison singing but okay so this is something definitely controversial and i'm not saying it's a bad thing but just personally it's what irks me about it is that the unison chant like singing is so obviously specifically for live performances for your audience to sing yeah like it's specifically written for that um mm -hmm. and like i i guess it makes me sound kind of snobbish to say that you when you write like that it isn't necessarily to write art if that makes any sense yeah, at all. like i feel no. like their use yeah go it, ahead that makes sense though i mean because I feel like I know some people do like in write intentionally towards like a performance like live environment, but I feel like a good song is just gonna be a good song live regardless of whether you're tailoring it for that. So I don't feel that you if yeah I do feel a lot of the um, like the chanting might be a bit like over od or overdone at this point in terms of day six's style. So yeah, I feel like you just write what you want to write. Yeah, don't feel the exactly. need to like tailor it for like live performances because most people aren't gonna see us see them live anyway. I mean, like granted, they do go on tours all the time, so maybe you are, but <laughs> yeah, because I feel like it, the unison use, uh, the bridge in, of shoot me was in a way art it was about creating the story of having a group of yeah. people sing together when this is mm -hmm. like i think probably the majority if not yeah if not all songs like a lot of k-pop songs i was talking to songwriters and they said with k-pop you think outside in you think performance first mm -hmm. before you think anything else yeah so it's yeah. a totally normal thing to write for live stage and nothing else but i guess it's just like a personal thing that i prefer yeah. when i hear the studio version i want to be able to connect with it musically there rather than just live because like this time around i might not be able to see day six live and if like if i see these songs live i know i'm gonna freaking love it i'm gonna yeah. sing along mm. during those unison parts but like if i don't see it live then my opinion may stay the same 
Um, so yeah, yeah, not all people are, will be able to see how it is intended to mm. be performed. Um, then next, I wrote that I uh, love Jay's Bridge. Oh my goodness, you can okay. My like one of my favorite things in music is when you can tell that the singer is smiling. Yeah, you can tell. The yeah. part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, you know, Jay sings like, ah, the time of our lives. Like, he, you can tell he, he's he a smiley really boy smiling in general. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I love, love, love that extra emotion. Um, Did I write at all about the lyrics? I said lyrics are, oh, oh. <laughs> so it seems like the lyrics could be either towards a lover or a friend. And I felt like I could relate it towards this person. One of my best friends I haven't seen for I think over a year and she's like my favorite person to hang out with she's like like I'm with her and she just makes me happy and we haven't seen each other Mm. forever so I'm thinking oh my gosh I can relate these lyrics to my relationship with her because the next time we see each other we have that on our calendar and Mm. we're gonna like when we see each other we're gonna like look back on our lives and we can create a page like that's that's what I got through Mm. the lyrics for this song yeah I was like wow how relatable Oh, that's it? <laughs> yeah, your turn. Yep. Okay, so I guess sort of to follow up on that, um, or follow up specifically on what Nate mentioned about it being very, you know, Day 6 J-Rock style, um, <laughs> very anime opening, definitely sounds like it belong on like some slice of life show, like, I don't know, just like Bunny Girl Step High or something like that, just sounds really perfect for that type of show, maybe. Um I'd say probably in terms of what I did like about this song, um, favorite part I'd say would be sort of the intro. Just I love the, I love the uh, mm. piano melody. Just like and this, they have this like electric electric drum track going on in the background. Just really nice uh, opening. Also, um, starting off the verse with um, Young K Brian uh, was a nice idea because I feel like it's usually usually whenever they start off um, songs, it's either like Sung Jin or Jay because <laughs> I guess they do the they do a lot of the heavy lifting but I, I do like his vocals um, I, I like his vocals a lot just on the, the album in general so um, the pre-chorus has a nice uh, build up you know like harmonies uh, really cool sort of like pivoted like key change um, for that sort of like build um, I'd say where I it falls flat for me um, is the chorus just because maybe I'm just a weirdo because um, like the vocal melody they do is pretty interesting, but I'd say what throws me off a lot about this song <laughs> is like, okay, so they're doing this drum pattern with Doon. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's like really fast, like snare, snare, like uh, like pedal, snare, pedal, like <laughs> really fast sort of thing. And I yeah. usually just as a avid listener of rock music, for me, it's a, it's a style or just like a sort of technique that's... <coughs> It's kind of, it's for me. It's just kind of associated with something that you save for like a final chorus when you're just trying to like build up the mm. energy for the song, oh. and they're starting off with it, which kind of threw me off. And the weird yeah. thing is, mm. yeah, I mean, you can follow up if you want. <laughs> I was just gonna say that, yeah, what you're saying it makes sense because the energy level starts off immediately and then just continues throughout the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, right. I, and so we we have no ebb and flow with rhythm or energy or anything yeah and i feel like climax really yeah that ebb and flow i feel is important most of all in rock music i feel just because it's very much allowed 
music genre so like just getting like you need to i feel you need to have that ebb and flow so that the it's it's like dan it's like dynamics for any type of music if you if any of you guys know like basically you don't have to my music teacher would always tell me you don't have to have your like highest highs be like noise shattering and you don't have to have your lowest lows be like you, you mm-hmm. need to be a dog to hear it you just need to have you just need to build a difference between you make the no, the difference between your highest highs and your lowest lows noticeable enough so yeah mm. Dynamics 101. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. So yeah, I get just to, I guess to sort of like follow up on that. I, basically, there's a part of the chorus where they do sort of revert to like a traditional like one, two, one, two, three, like sort of drum pattern. So I feel like mm-hmm. if they switched it around, it might it might have not sounded weird to me. I mean, that's just like a really like super like I don't know, just nitpick for on my end, but. Um, I'd say for the most part, I still enjoy the song, though I wish, and I I do sort of. You, it's a song you definitely tell that they enjoyed recording, and I feel like I, that's one thing I do respect about Day Six is that they basically their insistence or their modus operandum is just recording music that they like. But I'd say I, I I do miss I guess sort of the ambitiousness that they did they went for with you know Shoot Me or Days Gone By. So yeah, this definitely I guess is more me like a like par for the course in terms of their singles. I mean, it's enjoyable, but I wouldn't put it anywhere near my top five day, day six singles. Yeah. Jacob? All right, so uh, from what I said was, uh, like, immediately, like, from the high momentum, like, piano intro to, like, the fast but lighthearted guitars um, right in the intro, I, I think this, at least instrumental-wise, is definitely the most anime-opening sounding or J-Rock inspired track that they released so far uh and yeah like nate said like you can like if in your head you can like visualize exactly when they like change the scenes and when it's showing like a fighting scene or a character's face or like something like that like it it works really well in that way as like an intro to literally anything but um yeah so uh so with the shouting stuff i thought it worked pretty well in this um i liked how they had kind of like a call and reply mechanic kind of going in the in some of the chorus sections um and I was I, so I agree with Andrew on that. Like it sort of like starts out high energy, but I kind of like that about uh, Dolan's drumming in this song. And uh, like it only like went up more once once it was like heading towards high more like uh, high energy sections. So I think it still works for me at least. Um, and. Uh, yeah, so like for me, I, I personally thought Dolan's drumming was like one of the big highlights of the song for me. I just love how like high energy it is. Um, and I also like how in the song it kind of like cleared out the instrumentals to bring everything back together to build up to the final chorus. I thought that was really cool. And uh, while I don't think this beats some of the highs that we experienced in like Sunrise, for example, I do think this was a really strong uh, title track in its own right, mm-hmm. in my opinion, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, next we have How to Love um, I love the retro feel of this song um, like it starts out and you kind of think we're going to get more of like a jazzy like lounge sound um, it picks up more eventually uh, but then it, like the chorus is a bit of like big band like Motown feel with the synths kind of imitating brass sound um, I just really liked that feel to it um, and also uh, I really like the call and response parts of the song. Uh, I thought those fit really well, as well as the uh, guitar effects during the verses. 
Overall, it's one of All my right. favorite songs, probably. Ooh. Yeah, well, I felt like this song would have fit their Remember Us album because yeah. of the throwback <laughs> feels with yep. the, yeah, the midi horn line and strings. Um, I don't have too many notes for this song, but I said on more listens, I noticed more of the layers, which was pretty fun. Like in the pre-chorus, I listened to this so many times. I think that the guitar and bass line do something different first pre-chorus and second pre-chorus for the first pre-chorus like first the guitar has a faster moving pattern and then the bass guitar has a faster moving pattern and then the guitar does and like all this is like really in the background so you have to like really turn up your (laughs) your volume in order to hear this but it was really fun then like i'm can't remember how i reacted to this first time through but like man that this bass line in this song like um my best friend's boyfriend is a bassist and he told me to send him a song whenever i thought the baseline is good mm-hmm. so this this is one of those songs that i'm gonna send to him and yep that's all i wrote <laughs> <laughs> like on paper i should have enjoyed this song a lot more yeah it has a really nice um yeah baseline as you said there's some like cowbell in there always need more of that <laughs> well, uh i feel like it's in retrospect, though, I feel like it's kind of the weakest song on the album for me. Um, I guess maybe just because it, it is kind of a bit of retreaded territory in terms of... We, we definitely... I think they did a single that sounded like this. I can't remember it just off the top of my head, but it definitely does sound a bit familiar. It kind of sucks because it, it probably has one of my favorite moments in the entire album because there's this part in the bridge where... Brian, Young Oh, K. the high note? Young K? Yeah! Yeah! It's like, it like vibrato and everything. We're just like, what the hell? Where did this come from? <laughs> Why and haven't they been going. using this? <laughs> oh man, yeah. So that's probably the other, that's probably the favorite part of the song. Yeah, I mean, like that's the only reason I like this song at all, just because of the incredible vibrato part. I didn't, I did not know he had it in him at all, just because, like, I know he does high notes, but damn, that was just some incredible like vocal vibrato. <laughs> Yo, see, the thing is, you have to watch their behind-the-scenes videos because he just, like, walks around in the background just riffing like crazy. <laughs> like, you never heard in any of their songs. And then you need to see, like, have you seen them live? Yeah, I've seen them live. Yeah, we saw them live. Okay. I haven't. Because I guess he doesn't go full force live here yet. But, like, yeah, once you, like, marathon, like, all their behind-the-scenes videos, like, you know that, like, oh, my goodness, and all their covers, you know what he can do and you just have to prepare yourself every single album like what he's gonna do this time it's like he's unlocking new powers with each comeback <laughs> like yeah I can, I can rap second one is i can sing low and sound really good third one is i can sing really high fourth one is you can you know do this crazy high note with really wobbly if i brought it like he's just showing what he can do <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's all i thought about it though jacob <laughs> Uh, so for me, the first thing that stood out was how they uh, they decided to start like uh, right out of the gate with one peel, which is something they don't usually do. I don't think. They need and, to do uh, more. His voice. Yeah, is I liked it. I I thought the like his intro right in the beginning was awesome. Um, and I love once again how like forward the vocals appear in the song. Um, and then I th- I think it's a their synth strings that they're using in the instrumentals. Um, yeah, but, uh, which I did like, but I wish they used a bit more electric guitar on this, either that or like make them louder in the mix. Um, I think it could have brightened the mood of the song even more than it already was, but yeah, mm-hmm. overall it's a strong, strong track either way. So, 
Yep. Uh, next, we have Wanna Go Back. Um, and what the, the hell is that opening? The opening is so <laughs> weird. But it, I think it leads into like a really great instrumental, though. I think there's a great mix of guitar and bass in the instrumentals for the song. Um, it's just got that like nice mid-tempo, like funky vibe to it. Um, another song that kind of gives off that retro vibe, like you said, would fit on their last album. Um, and I like how the song lingers at the end. Um, that mm-hmm. definitely stood out mm-hmm. to me. It kind of like the way it, the song ends and it, it, it's hard to describe, but yeah, it, it just feels like it lingers. And I, th- I thought that was a really interesting way to end the song. Okay. So for me, I don't know whether this is going to be posted before or after my first listen is released, but I mm-hmm. actually accidentally skipped over the song. <laughs> like five, hours, five hours later, as I was like going through like the video before like sending it to someone else to edit, I was like, oh my goodness, wait, I only listened to four tracks. Wait, where's the fifth? And then I realized that I accidentally skipped this. So Whoopsie. I listened to this at the very end. And I think, like, overall, like, I ended up having kind of more of a negative opinion. But, like, man, (sighs) these lyrics are so relatable. Like, literally right before we started our call, I was just sobbing my face off because I can relate to these lyrics. Like, um, acting musicians um, will last forever. Every, like, Mm. anything about wanting to go back to your childhood, like, I extremely relate to right now because i don't want to be mm. a responsible 21 year old i just want to survive no. <laughs> not know the shit that's going on in the world just playing with fairies and dragons and mermaids and i don't want to pay taxes and ignoring the internet oh my god yeah no taxes anyways yeah okay so i also really enjoyed um i like after delving into it more the rhythmic surprise at the beginning because when at the very beginning if you like you like don't quite know where to bob your head but then when the chords you come in you think okay that's the strong beat so then you start bobbing your head to when those chords come in which makes it yeah so basically you think that's the downbeat but actually um those really those chords are actually on beat four and the whole thing is just super rhythmically syncopated and um i love 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 the verses melodies um the first melody, uh, I guess it, the second melody is also pretty similar, or verse melody, but it doesn't really feel typical to me. I like I yeah. couldn't really predict um, what the melody was, nor could I predict immediately like what the scale degrees were, because when you know when a melody easily follows chord progression, you can be like, oh, it's this specific note that's pl- being played right by right now, and I'm like, wait, what are these intervals? I can't quite figure it out, so I like it. And then um, the the chorus. It really reminds me of um, Be Lazy. Their song Be Lazy, the B-side track. Mm-hmm. Be lazy. <laughs> Almost the same melody, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And But I also feel like it's actually mixed with, like, a YG vibe. Like, I, it kind of reminds me of Winner. Winner's yeah, yep. uh, group sound, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, in summary, I just really freaking love the verses. I don't like the chorus but my complaint is probably not going to last long because after i read those lyrics like i just started crying and it i don't know it's so weird because there are certain songs that i listen to that i don't like at all and then i read the lyrics and it does nothing 
but <laughs> like this song i didn't i didn't dislike it i just wasn't you know mind blown by it but now that i know the lyrics i like it even more so i guess i guess it really just depends on how much i dislike a song for the lyrics to affect or not affect yeah. um it. and then um i with this song and this album and i think it's ever since stop the rain i feel like day six has started a love like wanting to for wanting to change the chords on an offbeat so they like they're bah, 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 like um on the and beat you know the weak yeah beat. so they just they love syncopated progressions now <laughs> your turn oh okay <laughs> yeah, i didn't know if you're yes. done but i mean it's a great thing for me to follow up on just because well i think i liked it a lot initially um I didn't have a negative reaction just because, again, a huge fan of um, just like this sort of 70s, 80s sound. Again, very, I feel like th- this song is probably the most similar to Days Gone By in terms of vibe and just sort of just Ooh. how twangy the guitars are. Just again, it, it has a super sort of vintage feel to, um, I guess, the instrumentation. <laughs> and it, again, it, it, I, it's not, you wouldn't really get that without this really well, I, I like the chord regression because I feel it's, pretty much persistent both through the verse and the chorus like very sort of similar type of progression um in both areas so i like the consistency between that also the most important part of the song forget doon has the line of the goddamn year i saw that coming (laughs) i saw that coming i I didn't okay i did not whole album and Doon hasn't sung yet. It's going to be in this song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I, I'm actually, yeah, as much as I love his voice, just because he's such, he has such a deep um, baritone um, type of voice compared to most of the rest of uh, Day6. Uh, I like that they use mm-hmm. him sparingly so that whenever you hear it, it's just like a, like an, oh my God, like special type of moment. So yeah, that's pretty much like Doon essentially sealed my enjoyment of this song just because he has a line in this i don't think i i don't think i hate any song that he has lines in so i'm just happy i'm just happy that the little drummer boy gets to sing too (laughs) Mm -hmm. all right so uh going off the last song which or coming from it rather which i wanted to hear a little more guitar on this definitely satisfies that request um it's interesting because i uh like umu was saying it kind of sounds a little bit like winter uh I could totally see this being produced as like a tropical house song, but I'm glad they stuck with like the traditional like guitar instrumentals because I think it, um, I don't know, it's still nice and summery and it's not, uh, I think if they did that, it would have ended up being too generic. Whereas I feel like right here, how it is is more classic, I guess. Um, So... I like the use of pauses between the guitar strums that they use during one of One Peel's verses towards the middle. Um, and then uh, another thing I'd like to shout out is the uh, drumming again. I thought it was really nice and like full yeah. sounding during the bridge, which I thought was pretty cool. And then uh, after the bridge, again, I was like, was that a Doan verse? <laughs> so yeah, I also like that part as well. Because off guard. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it throws people who like don't know like members as closely or just like listen to the music they just like they're familiar with the voices mm-hmm. and they're just like who is this person <laughs> is there a guest <laughs> is there a guest vocal on this track <laughs> yeah don't need don't need more love uh, his his because of he still has braces right or did he get his braces off i have no idea i don't think he has them i'm kind of sure curious how they 
would incorporate him in the future because I feel like his talking and singing, it's just his character, is he kind of talks like a kid, right? Am I wrong? <laughs> it's like, yeah. like, like this little light, um, childish innocenceness that came mm. through when he sang too. So if they have more of him singing, it will be just small moments like this where it's in a lighter vibe and it's okay to have this new sudden like youth with a voice because I really feel like his voice has that the others yeah. don't have. Um, so like I'm curious to see if they incorporate him more, like how to do that. So moral of the story, don't take his braces off. Even when his teeth are like perfect, <laughs> <laughs> just leave him in until he's like 40 years old and he's not an idol anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you all good, Jacob? Is that everything? Oh, yeah. The song? Yeah, okay. Um, next, we have cover. Um, Which isn't a cover. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a cover. Um, it's a ballad, <laughs> oh, uh, but it's so a really good. cool one. Uh, I, the different guitar parts being split into different channels is like a really cool idea. The really cool effect that it gives off. Um, and honestly, I barely paid attention to the rest of the song because of it i was just like so focused on listening to the two guitar parts um obviously the vocals are fantastic the piano part was great um but yeah that guitar part was just really really cool bros i really freaking love this song yes (sighs) you know day six okay so i know we've all had this conversation before about ballads and as I've started adding listening to every single K-pop song released while I'm asleep to my daily yeah. schedule, I've run into more and more and more ballads. And yes, they actually do all sound the same because they play to the same ballad tropes, yep. which yeah. a lot of people love. So I'm like, I'm not saying, oh my goodness, it's bad. How like, dare you? no, there's a reason why you love a lot of ballads or dislike yep. a lot of ballads. It's because they all do similar things. But I don't think, at least all the day six songs I own, they they never compose a bad ballad song. Yeah, no, not a single one is bad. Yeah. <laughs> every every single one just would not go on my every single ballads ever playlist, which I have created, and Sean and I will be composing a song, possibly Ooh. called Every Single Ballad Ever, where it will sound like every single ballad ever. Please well, do that. Well, specifically K ballad ever. Okay. So, so, so in anyway, the same vein as like uh, the show must go on, <laughs> or it would just. Mm, not with the vocalist. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't be. We'd probably have like normal ballad instrumentation. It would literally be written like a pop song, maybe a okay. tiny bit longer, so we can include more tropes, or we'll just try and smash all the tropes into one three-minute, forty-second, or four-minute song. And if I don't know, Sean wants me to be the vocalist, but I still don't think I'm that good. Do it. Um, so maybe I'll get a few vocal lessons and I'll be the vocalist and then we'll have piano and guitar and strings. It, you know, it, if maybe, you want to hear Umu like a drum set that comes to the end. If you want to hear Umu <laughs> no, say, no, saying, no, leave, no. <laughs> leave, uh, leave a like, know, leave 69 <laughs> in the comments. <laughs> so we know that you want, that you, we know that you all want to see Umu sing. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, please don't. Um, it will or will not happen. We'll try. We'll we'll get a better vocalist than me. Um, anyways, okay. Moving on to cover. So, the piano rhythm is Bill Withers' "Lean on Me." You know, "Lean on me, ba da ba ba." When I'm not strong, yeah. You know, 
be your friend. So, um, except, of course, like, they use the rhythm differently, but, like, that's the first thing that popped into my mind. Yeah, I that made, yeah, same thing. I, the instant I heard this, I was like, this sounds like a John Lennon song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they they use that, but, like, um, in Lean On Me, the the syncopated one, uh, da, da, that is echoed in the vocal line. So it's in both the piano and the vocal line. But here, um, the the melody doesn't always have the same rhythmic um, pattern as the instrumental. Some, like, I think once or twice it lines up, but then the syncopation is used, like, as a transition between phrases. And then, um, it's not too common for a bridge to do a half step by half step by half step modulation up and then back down yeah. and then back up like that was that was yeah like it was all over the place that, like, wait did it just like did it just do like uh, steps up to the original key like just going up 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 a scale but then like i plunked it out on the piano and it's it's mm. like half step up half step up half step up and then it goes down and then like maybe it's like a minor third leap up and then it ends in the key that it started in and like another song that does that is Taeyong's This Christmas. Um, in her My break, she just keeps modulating up and up and up and up until she arrives in the original key, which I think it's really, really good for um, an energy build. <clears throat> and so I am so surprised they didn't modulate one last time after the drum fill. Like, because I'm like, if I ever meet J6, one of the very first questions I'm going to ask them is like, you Why had you two chances, it? one in cover <laughs> and one in congratulations for like almost any other artist modulate in the in the third course like you 100 percent like set up musically for a key change yeah. in the last course but you didn't tell me why like what is a modulation to you that's that's what i asked them um <laughs> and then i love the harmonic so okay sorry i have a lot of notes um so basically at the intro when the piano is playing a chord it lasts for four beats and then it plays another chord it lasts for beats but then the guitar changes two beats and then the verse one starts and then the piano continues to have a harmony that lasts four beats except it's released on the fourth beat so we have silence every fourth beat um so it's the same harmonic rhythm but on variation on it and then the pre-chorus come and when james comes in the chord the chords start changing every two beats so like hmm. this has been like twenty seconds and we've already have like so many, <laughs> so many changes happening. <laughs> and then the chorus has no more steady harmonic changing on strong because we have that syncopated lean on me one two three and four and and that's what I love is that the vocal line really emphasizes the weak beat before the downbeat so um it emphasizes three and four and. It's like, da, 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 da. like it's hard yeah. to say that without like you know all the instrumental going on behind my singing. Um, but then the second half of the chorus is the same harmonic rhythm, but different harmony. I wrote that down, but I cannot picture it in my mind right now. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then the second verse, a lot of the material returns, but there's a new electric guitar line. And yeah, mm. just overall, I think this song was both rhythmically and cool and it was just gorgeous and like i felt like it's kind of like a bittersweet song but then i read the lyrics yeah. and it just makes it so much more depressing yeah i was like oh this is sad 
this is really sad. So now, now I know how to. <laughs> okay. Um, this could probably could have been a single, in all honesty, because I mean, it is drawing mm-hmm. upon the same, you know, type of emotions and sort of same type of like feel that they had with like congratulations and letting go. Basically, like that was like before before they start doing the whole like everyday six anime song type thing. Like that was D Six's bread and butter, like back in like twenty sixteen. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's it's a sound I don't necessarily. I don't mind them returning to this just because they do it so well. Like, again, like we mentioned, they don't do boring ballads. And, um, yeah, this is no exception, especially in terms of uh, how strong this piano um, section is. Just, it, it feels like the, the highlight of the entire just song. Also, it, it's interesting you're drawing comparisons to sort of, um, uh, I guess, very similar songs to what I'm um, drawing comparisons to because I thought of... Mm-hmm. I thought of uh, like the Beatles, <laughs> like it's straight up like you. If you want an incredible listening experience, listen to the cover and then go listen to "Let It Be" like back to back. It'll just blow your mind because it's almost like the same sort of thing. It's like do 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 do, and then it's like "Let It Be," "Let It Be." Like it, it, like the first time I yeah, like exactly. I. I the first time I realized it, it's just like like this is why I don't do drugs. I just need to listen to songs that sound the same. It's just I get enough of I get enough enjoyment out of it. Um, and also just again sort of carrying upon that um, Beatles uh, sort of uh, similarity to it. The drum section in this again, I know it's not nothing too crazy or like you're, they're, you're not getting like double bass or whatever. Um, it's just. It definitely draw. It's definitely something out of like Ringo Starr's playbook in terms of how they, the build up is and the fill. Like the fill towards the end is straight up a Ringo Starr style like fill. Like again, I feel like mm-hmm. he, yeah he got, he got such a like the bad. Uh, I, I don't know. Just time hasn't I guess treated him well necessarily in terms of like prolific drummers of all time or whatever. But I mean, what the stuff he was doing like especially oh. back in the seventies was just. And with house with a, as simple of a kit as just literally just like a tom, you know, a snare, um, a, like a crash hi hat, you know. Basically, he had the most basic of kits, but he was able to do such incredible technical, you know, sort of things on their music. And I feel, yeah, I definitely feel a lot of that um, in this song. So if I'm drawing Beatles comparisons, that's I guess, I guess that's just <laughs> that goes just goes to show in a nutshell just how much I love this song. And it probably is my favorite one on the entire album. In all honesty, I I, I can't I can't get sick of this. In all in all honesty, so yeah, I, yeah, it almost makes me wish that it was the, it was the single, just because I feel it was it would have been just as mm. epic as. Um, having uh like this having time of our life as the single yeah i feel like this is like on par with all and in fact i'm trying to get this to be compared to all all on the main series i just need to run it by people first um so i mean it makes sense why they chose whatever it's called time 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 okay okay thank you that was that was what i i was gonna say um it makes sense why they chose that but also like as good as that mm. to be the title track but just like it's you know it's a different direction yeah jacob okay uh you guys commented on most of what i wanted to say but um i guess uh i'll go with the things that weren't discussed as much um another con uh comment from me on the production in regards to how the vocals were placed i really appreciate the amount of like space they placed between the vocals and the piano and guitar-led instrumentals. Um, I like when they... 
I wish they did it more often and a lot of songs wouldn't because uh, I I enjoy there to be a lot of space between the instruments so I can like sort of, uh, you know, listen to different sections at a time when I have my pleasing, I guess. Um, uh, I also like the vocal layering that they use. Um, I think that also does a good job to fill the space and make it sound very big and full sounding. Um, and then also... Uh, before the last chorus, I like how they went like full on gentle, just to put more emphasis and onto uh, onto the last chorus. It, um, you know, I guess it made it sound more hard hitting. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so overall, that that lent nicely to the amount of imports the last chorus gave. So yeah, this was definitely one of the top songs in the album for me, though. Glad we're all in agreement. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, and finally, we have last the best part just best part um and honestly this is probably what (laughs) sorry and she hasn't even said anything (laughs) (laughs) well i I was trying to sing um the the melody but i guess oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry we can't see you i'm sorry um climbers don't uh, don't don't cancel me please (laughs) um this is probably my favorite song of the album. Um, I thought it was interesting because the opening beat is way more intense than the instrumentals that come in. Um, and like it starts out kind of with like a bit of an acoustic ballad style with that crazy beat, but then it picks up more and more as the beat comes in. Um, and the for our regular listeners, you guys know, like I love songs that slowly build layers. Mm-hmm. Um, to into their instrumentals like they'll just start out simple and slowly add instruments or just different layers to instrumentals um and i think the song does it really well i think it builds in some really great ways um so i thought it was a great song to end the album on mm. yeah okay so i think because this followed followed up cover mm-hmm. my first listen i was pretty tech like i was uh critical and when technically listening to it but then i've re-listened to it many times since then and every single time i listen to it i like it more and more and more yep but it's, it's also if i listen to it without trying to analyze it um because this one it just it's like like we mentioned before this album is to make you feel good right yep and this is mm-hmm. just one of those release just release everything like release all your stress just let the weight lift off of your shoulders type song so I like really freaking dig this song right now. <laughs> and I will just keep digging it more and more the more I listen to it. So mm-hmm. the best part of best part, part. <laughs> is I think the <laughs> it's the stack vocals. Um, it's, it shows up in both the pre-chorus and then after the instrumental uh, drop in for the chorus. So it's, a, it's like be- best part. Like and like stacks of it is so beautiful but i think also yes okay you've got you've got the key i don't um <laughs> how the very first time young k sings the can you sing that again <laughs> uh, okay uh so when young k sings best part one two three four five six seven eight and so he changes notes on the very last beat of the second bar of holding that one note out but then when one peel comes in 
or whoever the second person singing is, depending on which course you're listening to, um, it actually the rhythm has changed. So it's best part. Or like it like it comes in a beat earlier than before, yeah. which I didn't realize until like I was like really trying to find something to say, <laughs> um, which is really cool because like they definitely could have just like copy pasted that melody over, but no, instead they decided to change it up and make it, um, you know, shorter. And then when I read the lyrics, I would have never guessed that these lyrics would have gone with this vibe of the song. But now that I know that, you know, every night when I close my eyes and become more and more afraid that I will not have a tomorrow, like, you know, the instrumental is such a release. Mm. I guess, like, in a way, the instrumental is a reply to these anxieties that the lyrics are mentioning. Like, there is not a single moment that is meaningless to me. Um, not knowing when the end is, this moment is the best part. So, like, that's there's like almost like a little story being told um versus the verses of the song versus the chorus yeah so i think i think that's that's, that's pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah i really really like this song. <laughs> it, like you said it's the best part um mm-hmm. yeah I, in terms of placement yeah this was um the best place to put this at just it, great energy to end the album off with um you did mention the sort of like how they stack the vocals uh, i i personally i want to bring attention to just how um i guess the sort of like drop or the sort of instrumentals come in during the chorus it's almost like the the guitar and the sort of piano melody um they're almost doing like the same type of <laughs> like uh uh, riff structure it, it, it's incredible just like they're following like the very similar like noisy energetic type of feel um again trying to draw comparisons from like western music or just some other influences i definitely feel and you were mentioning it just like how like it would this song feels like a release in terms of just like i don't know stress or like anxiety or whatever this um whatever the the i guess like lyrics entail but it definitely feels like something that Coldplay would do. Very similar type of just, you know, loud, noisy, energetic um, vibe Coldplay, during the chorus. That's a, yeah. yeah the, so basically, the instrumental break during the chorus reminded me of some artists. I was like, I can't remember who. Yeah, just like the, the second I, listened, I heard this, I was like, this is a Coldplay song. Like, you, mm. you, it's definitely just like in the sort of like area of this, like Coldplay, or you can get a lot of like U2 where the streets have no name out of it, especially with the way the guitar is going. I mean, obviously, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Jay and Sungjin being very well versed in, you know, you know, music history, you know, the eight is one of the, you know, most influential guitarists of all time, just the way he, um, just his strumming patterns or just like the way that he uses delays has just basically been influential in all music like even like contemporary Christian music like follows like this type of uh, like I guess I don't know chord structure or just uh, like how they build up their songs like Hillsong United stuff like this so I definitely feel a lot of the influence in this and I definitely resonate with the sound uh, that they're going for here a lot and it's something I don't really think i've heard from day six before i mean again that's mm-hmm. that's the beauty of um i guess I, being an idol band where um i guess it's, it's so funny because like in traditional like western like music or bands when they change from the sound it's like oh my god don't do it don't do it don't do it like everyone's just like very afraid of um their bands changing from whatever sound they just sort of become accustomed to or whatever feels normal to them whereas like, with k-pop you're always changing sound so that's cool for them to see or to see them 
experiment in like rock music and you know this whole type of band focused uh thing is there's so many avenues you can take it down and so it's cool to see them just sort of go down these different avenues and explore different aspects of rock music and i feel like yeah i'd love to mm-hmm. see something that they follow up on uh, of in the same vein as best part because yeah it, it, they executed it just as well as they did with cover and everything in terms of vocals and how well that tied into instrumentation yeah Okay, so I don't have a ton to say to build off what you guys said, but uh, so I thought first, I'll get one thing out of the way, was uh, I thought the drums and claps working off each other and the percussion was kind of cool. Um, And now my main thing, hear me out, hear me out. So I think like the the synth beats that they kind of used throughout in the instrumental, I think it would have sounded cool if they replaced that with a banjo. (laughs) (laughs) What? So I think it, I don't know, like I, when I heard it originally, I was like, is this a banjo or something? I was like, no, this is not a, this is like a synth or something. And I was like, and then it gave me a DI. No, I don't hate country music. I hate, I hate how gimmicky it is in the modern, in like modern country. country. country Yeah. Like it's just a huge gimmick. Um, Yeah, no, like if they, if they made it a banjo, I think that'd be so cool. Giving it kind of like a more like unconventionally twangy sound that we normally don't really hear from day six. And it would have been epic. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. Day six, use a banjo in your next single. Use a banjo. (laughs) Yeah, someone tweet Jay and tell him to use a banjo. Yeah, but I can hear it like... (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like... Yeah. Banjo. <laughs> yes. There we go. Kazooie. What a great way to end this review. <laughs> Telling Day6 to use more banjo. Use more <laughs> banjo. That's, you know, forget cowbell. Use more banjo. Oh, my God. Okay. So we'll get into our ratings now. Uh, for me, I gave it a 6 out of 7 for music. I liked pretty much all the songs for the most part. Um, there were a couple, like, a couple that weren't too standout. Like, didn't stand out a ton, but they weren't bad. Um, so I didn't really mark them down too much. And um, then I gave them two out of three for concept. Uh, music video, like I said, was... It, it was a typical band music video, but, like, it still had some cool stuff going for it. Um, so overall, an eight out of ten. Uh, pretty good album. Um, definitely, I would... It's not one of their best. Um, I think I gave Sunrise, like, a ten or whatever. Um, I've probably, I've probably given Sunrise some of that album a ten. Um, so it's definitely not their best, but it is not a bad album. Uh, did we explain our new rating metrics to you, by the way? Or do you remember so our you rating don't metrics? Have a bias point? No, we, we got, got rid of the bias, bias point. point. It's, because just it's just seven for space. music, three for three for concept. Yeah, so, so. just okay, okay. Visuals, you know, biases like how good, how much you like the outfits or the video, that sort of thing. So yeah, out of seven for music. Okay, yeah, so for me, it's 7 to 7 for music because even if I didn't like it first listen, I know that I'm going to like it as time <laughs> progresses on. You're just ensuring Especially against yourself. Especially if I see them live. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, if like if just basing my thoughts on that album, like, the very first time, and, like, if, if I have no bias towards this group, maybe a 6 out of 7, um, but because I know that I will like everything because I freaking adore day six, it's at seven out of seven. And then for music video, yeah, um, I guess because I don't find myself wanting to return to it, unlike dance dance, um, two out of three. So overall, nine out of ten. Oh, snap. 
<laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, but yeah, yeah, the video, like, I didn't feel like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's happy, playing, kind of cool aesthetics, but uh, their mm-hmm. definitely past music videos have been much more intriguing yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't too, didn't do anything too crazy. Uh, so on my end, um, I, I, out of a total for the seven, I gave like a five point five for music. Two point five of those points are attributed to the, the single. You know, I would have given it a bit more had I not have, I guess, my sort of nitpicks about it. But I did. I feel like I liked the rest of the album more than actual um, time of our life. In all honesty, and and. Despite my like me not always uh, resonating with their singles, one thing I do like about Day Six is they're always, they very rarely have top heavy albums. In that, like, it's very rarely that you get like a good single and then just like you don't like any of the album tracks. Usually, yeah, the album tracks are always solid in their own right. And two out of three for concept. Um, yeah, d- nothing too crazy. I do like the use of color. Um, I do like all the sort of sets they use, but yeah, no, it's nothing on the par uh, on par with. Because <laughs> I, I, I love the music video for Days Gone By a lot, so like, it did. I feel like it didn't have any of like I guess the sort of the energy that ha- that had, but I mean, it's it still did good. So seven out of five, seven point five for me total. I mean, it might sound low just to people that maybe not listen. To me as much, but seven point five is a pretty good score for me. I mean, I usually I Ooh. rarely give anything like with this new scoring metric. I've very, I've only given three or four albums a nine, and I haven't I haven't given any Ooh. album a ten, and I've probably given like maybe two albums a nine point five. So yeah, seven point five is a pretty good score for at least on my metrics. All right, so uh, for me, I gave a six out of seven for music. Um, Again, overall, I think every song was really good, um, good or great. And uh, so while it isn't their best album by any means, I think it was definitely super solid and really strong. Um, and then for concept, I gave a 2.5 out of 3. Like, again, while the while the MV wasn't as good as, like let's say, like Days Gone By, um, I still think it was pretty cool for being so, like, I don't want to say low budget, but it it, it wasn't like oozing with. Uh, it was a box <laughs> like they, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I gave a two point five out of three just because uh, I really loved the aesthetic they went for with the uh, the teaser photos. Um, they were using like this kind of like uh, paint drip with the, all these mixed different colors and stuff that I thought was really cool. The the distortion and like the gravity font. Um, mm-hmm. Also, even the uh, the album art, I think it looks really cool and uh, kind of emphasizes the whole uh, gravity concept. So, yeah, um, two point five out of three for concept. So overall, I gave it an eight point five. Okay, so eight point two five. Um, well, overall. we had we have another score with Cooper. Oh. You gave a six. Oh, we have Cooper. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, so he pulls it down. Yeah, just to sum up, like our uh, fourth, uh, yeah, our fourth uh, members' thoughts. He he just thought that, or he just wants them to do, do something a bit more interesting. I guess yeah, like I feel like yeah, in for Cooper, like time of our life sort of like set the tone for the rest of the album in that he he'd like them to do something a bit more interesting. A lot of it's getting a bit samey, so six point five. But he's all over the place. Sometimes he gives stuff like a three. Sometimes he gives things like a ten. So you never know with Cooper. Um. So a seven point nine, so an yeah. eight. Yeah, still gets an eight. I mean, yeah, right, right around where I'd put it. I mean, solid album. You know, definitely has its ups and downs, but I mean, 
Day six is probably like the the spitting image of consistency in terms of just albums. You, like, there's nothing I've overtly. I don't think any of us have overtly hated from day six. It's just I think yeah mm. they 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 do have really high standards in terms of just the quality that they put out album after album. So, right. Um, so yeah, everyone, what, what were your thoughts on day six, the book of us, Gravity? Did you like Time of Our Life? Did you like the high note in How to Love? Do you want to see another song be the single or? I don't know. <laughs> do you want them to see? Uh, do you want to see them do something a bit different in terms of just style? Or are they getting a bit samey? Let us know your thoughts in the comments below. Needs more bang, Joe. <laughs> no, it does not need more banjo. <laughs> Comment sixty nine if you think it needs more banjo. <laughs> no, we already we reserved yeah. that for if you <laughs> want to see Umu that. sing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Comment ninety six yes. if you need more banjo. Go go baby. Yes. <laughs> go go baby. No. All right. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to topic two, which is Umu's topic. Go for it. Yes. Okay. So the reason why I have chosen for us to discuss about what is a stan is because I actually uh, recently there's a Twitter account, uh, a Son, or So On. Is that So On? So on. Is a fan yeah. of yeah. So On. Okay. I'm a So, a so On. on um, I'm wearing my SNS t shirt today. Talked a little bit about how they are surprised when people call themselves like more like a stand of more than five groups and like um, so standing me. does is like super hardcore right and yeah. how would you have mm-hmm. time or money to do that so then money. then I asked them oh I, what's like what's your definition of standing a K-pop group and then we just got this whole thread going and everyone had different ideas of what a stand is and like of course <laughs> like I've always wanted to know what people think a stand is ever since like I've gotten. Um, kicked out of several other fandoms supposedly because I'm not hard (laughs) (laughs) spill that tea spill that goddamn tea DK DK can do it so can we oh my goodness I no I'm not a tea spiller I I don't like the scares the shit out of me um but yeah so I was just wondering if this was going to be a live stream I'd like to talk with the people you know everyone all the fans because everyone does have different definitions of being a stan and Bam, so yeah i wanted all yeah. of us to go one by one and say what you guys think a stan is like what you have to know about mm. the group like what are your commitments like what is it well, do you want to start let's, let's do nathan do jacob um andrew and then me yeah okay do it. um yeah so for me i would say you would need to so I think you can definitely be a stand of more than five groups. Um, it, I don't. To me, it's not about like dedicating your entire life to one group. It's just knowing more than the average person would know, if that makes sense. So yeah. like, mm-hmm. I would say if you obviously you have to enjoy their music, but even if you don't like people that enjoy a groups like all of a group's music. I wouldn't necessarily stay in that group, but like if you know the members, if you watch variety show like appearances or reality shows, um, if you buy merch other than albums, I would say like that would be what, in my opinion, is uh, the definition. Like just going above and beyond the listening to the music and maybe even buying albums. Like I'd say, even if you bought mm-hmm. albums for a group, you don't necessarily stand them. Um, but if, if you you're buying light sticks, if you own all their albums, you're buying light sticks. If you're going to concerts specifically to see them, um, if you buy t-shirts, unofficial mm-hmm. t-shirts, mm-hmm. um, 
uh then yeah i would say you stay in those groups um but i honestly i think it's you said it's different for every person and i think that's honestly okay like i think if you consider yourself a stand of a group then that's okay like i you can be a stand of that group like yep. i think everyone has their own definitions and they don't need to necessarily go above and beyond to consider themselves a stand of a group like mm -hmm. Just because I go crazy and spend two hundred dollars on an IOI light stick that's <laughs> really insane. rare and hard to find doesn't mean other people have to do that to be an IOI stand. Um, yeah, right. And then also, do so. you think the definition of a fan is interchangeable? Entertain <laughs> interchangeable with Stan, or do you think Stan is like number one, and then fan is like you aren't quite a Stan yet? I, like, yeah, like I, would, stuff, but like, I would consider quite. that. Yeah, like, yeah, we consider just someone who's a fan would just be someone. Yeah, enjoys their music, maybe buys a couple albums, listens to their music, but doesn't like go out of their way to like buy merch and stuff like that. Also, but, can I mean, you switch between being a fan and a stan? Oh yeah, definitely. Or I think people, I think okay. people change their change their like favorite groups, their biases all the time. So it, I don't think like. Yeah, and and plus, like, it depends on if the group's even active or stuff. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. like, if once a group disbands, you could still stand them. Like, I still stand IOI, but like, it's a little different they, than standing a dead. current group because <laughs> they're not putting out music, they're not showing up on variety shows, like that type of stuff. Like, I mean, IOI is a little different because they they were a project group and they split off into a bunch of different groups, and so now I follow all those groups, but mm -hmm. like. For like Kara, they're all just they were one of my they were my number two favorite group of all time. Um and yeah, they're all they're all just doing like acting and theater and stuff now that none of them actually put out music or anything K pop related. So like I don't know, I would say I'm a Kara stan, but like that doesn't really mean anything anymore. Mm -hmm. Jacob, your turn. All right, so for me, it's it's. Uh, I think for me, it's on a more of a case by case basis. Like, how do you feel towards a certain group? Not whether, not really comparing yourself to other people. So, I guess it really depends on. Uh, all right, so first, your question about like, uh, would you consider a fan different from a stan? I'd say more along the lines of stan is like a subset of the larger yeah, group yeah. of fans. That's a super like, fan, mm -hmm. like. Like to be a fan, you're just you know you like their music, like case and like just period basically, um, and, or you like them or whatever the hell you're a fan for, right? Whereas I think Stan is kind of like uh like for me I'd consider myself a Stan if I would prioritize if basically like if I know all the members I watched like their um you know uh, reality stuff. I try to buy their albums. I, you know, actively seek out content from this particular group. Then I'd say that's enough for me personally to stand a group. Mm -hmm. um, but another thing that I do find interesting is like kind of like the origin of the word Stan, which actually comes mm. from uh, is basically the Eminem song Stan. I have that on the screen like, right mm -hmm. now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Like, like if you've never heard the song, it's basically uh, 
like a story about a guy who's like a super fan of uh, Eminem, Eminem or Slim Shady. And he basically like writes letters to him and gets really like unreasonably pissed off that he doesn't, uh, Eminem doesn't reply to him immediately. And he basically goes insane. He kills his, uh, basically he gets pregnant drunk, he gets in a car and drives his pregnant girlfriend off a bridge. At the, in the end, yeah, oh it's it's not God. a good it's not a good thing to base a word yeah, off. Of, but here's but the thing. it's well, transcended the thing. beyond that. Here's the thing, and like Most yeah, like before in before in hip hop culture, being a stan is a bad thing. Yeah, like oh, you're a crazy fan. You're bad. You're you're a stan. like you're, it's like yeah, like they yeah, say you're like, like you're a You're a Kanye stan or whatever. Like they'd say you just yeah. I don't know. That's what it was basically hip. It was basically the hip hop world's equivalent to like Sasang Van back in the day. And then I guess in more, more recently it became just like, Oh, you're a big fan of this person. Basically Mm -hmm. became very lightened. So yeah, I guess, I guess uh, all in all for me, I'd say it depends on what your own definition of Stan is. And uh, if you feel that you're a Stan, then you're a Stan. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I guess for me, I guess like my, my 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 basic definition for what a stand would be, it's whatever I'm not. It's what I yeah, cause I, I don't know. Like I guess for me, it's just standing just always seems to involve a lot of work, and I'm just like, I don't know. I guess, well, you yeah. So like, if you don't know, listen to us. Like yeah. Andrew doesn't really watch any variety or reality no. shows. He doesn't really watch any like bonus content or any of that yeah. stuff. Okay, okay. Like my sort of connection with k-pop is mostly built on just strictly music like there's a lot of groups i'm into specifically for music i don't know any of the Mm -hmm. members names like i I love very very i saw them at k-con like a couple weeks ago i don't know a Mm -hmm. single person's Mm -hmm. name in very very i just know i love their music so it's hard for me to say that you know i'm a stan of a particular group just because you know it's hard for me to like find the time to invest myself in researching okay this is this person like this is their favorite food this is their blood type you know this is like their character Characteristics. This is what they're known as for the group. Um, it's just it's a lot of work. <laughs> so, like I could say, uh, maybe just I could probably only say I am a, a stand of like a handful of groups. Maybe like twice mm. or I don't know, Red Velvet or Wow. Didn't even mention SNSD. I mean, obviously, I'm always gonna be a Solon. Wow. Like, always, but like, I, I was mentioning this before. Um, when we did our, uh, we did a uh, produce podcast about like seeing eyes one live. And I feel like I said, it felt weird for me to just sort of have this like emotional attachment to seeing an artist live just because mm-hmm. at this point I'm a jaded mm-hmm. as hell K-pop fan that spends way too much money on concerts. So nothing mm-hmm. really surprises me anymore. But, um, personally i was blown away by seeing eyes one live and again going through the whole process of watching produce 48 and seeing them go through their whole shtick and like their whole like growing process i feel yeah i feel it's such a deeper attachment to them much in the same way that nate yeah. has for ioi um so yeah i feel like that's definitely like standing a group is kind of the exception to the rule in terms of what i enjoy with k-pop or just what i enjoy and just in music in general because yeah i mean like i guess for an example of a group that i've Wish I thought I stand, but I guess I don't anymore. Or I, by definition of like, or at least how I define the term stand of just involving a lot of work. But, um, because we review a lot of, or we look at all of the music um, that comes out every month, and like basically we jumped on the Luna bandwagon once, like freaking Yojin mm-hmm. would um, did kiss kiss later. Um, so mm-hmm. like from that point on, like I knew what Luna was, and like I was following them as much as I could, and then it just 
slowly but suddenly like got away from me to the point I'm just like yeah I don't like I yeah I don't really keep up with like Luna lore and fandom and everything just because I feel like it's a lot of work like again like Mm -hmm. the primary connection being like music um Again, very rare, like even if like I think like like a member's cute or it's like my bias or whatever, it's just like I very rarely just try to like delve into, you know, that background information. But I mean, it it does sort of elevate the groups that I do sort of want to invest that time in. Like I don't know, just with <laughs> with eyes on, like, I I kind of know like the different types of members. Or with obviously SNSD, I know them uh, with enough familiarity. So yeah, I guess just for mm-hmm. me, it's just too much work to stand like a billion groups. And again, it's. Being a content creator for K-pop, it's hard to just yeah, I, I, all of us. Um, it's hard for us to be in a position where we can just devote all of our energy to just one group because there's just so much going on at this point. There's just yeah. a, a plethora of other things that sort of deserve our attention. That yeah, it feels like it's almost detrimental in a way. Just just like focus all that energy on one group when there's so much more. Yeah, like discovery is a big thing for me too. So I'm always just finding new groups, and I can't just be like I stand 150 groups that I just discovered and nobody yeah. knows. I mean, I, I I want to. I want to be that hipster guy that be that's like I. I found Luna before you guys did, but yeah, I don't or know. Or me, yeah. where I'm kickstarting or make starring like hashtag <laughs> and favorite. Yeah, you get, your, boom, of course. you get your names but in like the music videos and signed albums for <laughs> new girl groups. Yeah, just like girl groups that nobody heard heard of. Nate's probably produ- a producer of them or something. So yeah, so, that's my definition of stan. Question: What does it have to be music related for you to be a stan? I mean, not no, necessarily. I, so. well, I mean, like it's because very... I see people online all the time shitting on Marvel stands because they're oh. on, like particularly Tumblr Marvel stands. Stand. No, <laughs> there's a fandom like, surrounding. Yeah. Okay, so then am I a Pokemon stand then? Yeah, you're yes, a Pokemon stand. You're you're the one that's most angry about like no no carryover in gen in gen eights or whatever gen we're on now. So stupid as I sip <laughs> on my Pikachu mug. <laughs> as you sip on your Pikachu uh, cup. Where's your Pikachu and, luggage? Yeah, he got when my we went Pikachu to Japan. Coasters right here. <laughs> we went to Japan, um, and Jacob needed like a carry-on luggage to like bring all the stuff up back. So he went to the we went to the Pokemon Center, Pokemon store, and Pikachu he bought like right here in Yeah, he bought a Pikachu. No, he bought a luggage with Pikachu's face on it. No, it's right underneath. It's right. We, we can't see. Oh, we can't, really see it, can't see it. Very yeah, well. I mean, we could show an image of it later, but yeah, just yeah. you are you are the definition of a Pokemon stand. You know, like EVs and all that. <laughs> your first your first famous YouTube your first famous YouTube video had like thirty thousand views. It was like an EV 55, training. Fifty five thousand. Fifty five thousand. I'm sorry, I sold you short. I sold I you a bit short. My because I use my Action Ray Play DS to glitch the game <laughs> to find the bad egg in Pokemon Heart Gold. <laughs> Yeah, and you when you were like famous, eight so. years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll go look up that video. So yeah, like Stan is definitely a term that's sort of ubiquitous. I feel at this point, just in terms of like fandom, like you definitely have stands for everything. Like you have, I don't know, anime stands or just like I mean, it's still used in hip hop or mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 found its way into like popular like Western American music too because you hear like Beyonce stands, like Ariana Grande stands, like Nicki. Some, stand, some of my like, uh, some of my Pokemon friends are Poppy stands. Poppy stands. Um, yeah, do you know Cooper's Poppy? definitely She's a Lady crazy. Gaga yeah. stan. <laughs> so, Umu, what's your definition of stan? Okay, so when you talked about, you said, Andrew, you said when you go to concerts, you've seen a lot. You see, like, you don't always have that connection. But then when you saw Is One, you felt that connection. And yep. so, 
to summarize like all whatever like the requirements for myself that I set is that you have to feel that deeper attachment. Yeah. Um, to the people, <laughs> I think that's what causes standing. Um, so but like the specific things that I wrote down is that you need to you need to know the names of the groups. You need to yep. know the kind of like the age range of each member and like the group role. Mm -hmm. So like if they're the vocal or the visual. Um, probably like as in how much music you have to like for them is probably like maybe at least one album and most of their title tracks you watch their variety shows and interviews and that's why you have a deeper connection with them is because you know their personalities well and then yep. you stream their music videos a i lot. guess like maybe not every <laughs> single thing on this list creates a stand because sometimes i stream really my symptom. favorite groups music videos and sometimes i don't like if yeah, they're I like know. i very rarely do if they're like strike killing it i'm like i would rather sleep you know um but if like they're way behind and they haven't got a first win yet, street, 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 right um yep. and then mm. also it's interesting when the voting comes around because groups like dreamcatcher that if they pop or like mama Moo, if they pop up in a category or what and then other categories i'm like gonna vote for whatever group i think did it best even if i don't stand them. yeah mm. like i might mm. like a group in that category but i think there might just i don't know like there's different levels of standing yeah there's definitely because, different levels. like there's like also it depends on how much yeah how much i like their recent music um feel more obsessed like right now i think i currently stand 17 because i like all their title tracks oh. i really 17's dope, their most man. recent album i've like been marathoning all the variety shows and interviews and i've been just like watching their music videos and their dance practices on repeat and but like for a group like vix who hasn't have come back in a while um and also i've kind of grown tired of their music because like i listened to it thousands and thousands of times yeah i even though they are continuing to post videos, I don't go out of my way to watch them. So I wonder, like, once you're a stand, do you stay a stand? Or do you just, like, go through all these layers of, like, super hardcore versus just, like, kind of relaxed? Stand? Like, I don't know. Like It's I definitely also, phases. All these it feels like phases. Requirements I set for myself are still up in the air. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been consuming. All these requirements, of course, if you didn't have money, because not everyone has money. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah. there are And then, there are like, some if people... you had money, you would buy albums. Yeah, no, not just that. I mean, there's some people that are like hardcore stands that'll like buy them, I don't know, or like buy like a hundred copies of the album or like give them like literally every gift in the world because I don't know. Trying <laughs> like to that. follow them around to every uh, follow them around at the and airport. Take pictures of them uh, as they <laughs> land at every twice, city. Certain yeah. twice fans. Yeah, twice, like once is um, do that, but yeah, I don't know. No, yeah, I. I I just think in general, it's on, hard man. to keep. It's hard to keep that emotional attachment just like at a hundred percent. Because I mean, like maybe this might be a bit controversial. But I feel like there's. I feel like there's going to be a point where like people who might be like big BTS stands, like for example, they're going to fall off eventually, um, or like it's not going to be yeah. at its peak. Like it's just a natural. I feel it's a natural course of you know evolution. You know, taste change. You grow older, or you know, you might not resonate with the music much, or they might not be making as much music. I feel like yeah, it's you. It's always just like I feel like so kind of like a mountain in a way. It's just like that first honeymoon yeah. discovery phase, mm -hmm. and then your peak then dumb, and then you just sort of like go it either levels off or just like falls off completely. Um, yeah, I'd say that's yeah, probably the is it biggest a mountain, trajectory. Or is it like multiple mountains? 
<laughs> it's probably yeah, like I think a mountain. Yeah, you can go up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, because I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, like, yeah, I like Jacob said, and kind of what I was getting at is like, I think it's really up to each person individually. Like, I think if if you consider yourself a stand, you're a stand, and yeah, I 100 percent think there's different levels. Like, you're not gonna have a hundred percent energy for a group a hundred percent of the time. Like. They're exhausting <laughs> it, it's yeah, and even like you said like sometimes the group's just not putting out stuff you're not if if a group's not putting out music and they're not showing up on variety shows or reality shows or anything like what are you gonna do like you're gonna want to focus mm. your energy on another group that's actually active there's um, also there's if also you're the not fact a that, hardcore solo stand yeah there's also the fact that a lot of younger fans can't really afford to like buy a ton of merchandise and yeah, like yeah, stuff yeah, like they that. They don't have expendable so, income. Yeah. So like well I mean like when I was like most into SNSD, I think I had like five albums or something. I so, have one. I still yeah. only have one. Oh I own all of their I had them now. all. Thanks, yeah, Korea. No. <laughs> I missed that train. <laughs> yeah. It definitely is a lot of work, but I don't know. It, just in general. I just I very rare not even just groups, just standing like specific members or whatever. It's very hard for me to just get that emotionally invested or attached to like mm-hmm. idols. Because I mean, there's a lot of idols I like. I like, that's like my bias or whatever. Master Taeyeon. Yeah, and yeah, honestly, like legitimately speaking, like Taeyeon's probably like, the only one that I would put anywhere near that. Like, how dare you, Jacob? Like level of reverence. What? Oh yeah, how do you? No, he's right behind me. Yeah, I was talking about Andrew. Yeah, for Andrew. For me, Taeyeon would probably be the only one that's anywhere up there in my terms of echelon of like someone that could definitely feel an emotional attachment to just because I feel just personality wise she I relate in a way like she doesn't leave her house and she plays roller coaster tycoon (laughs) (laughs) all the time (laughs) and yeah she definitely is a tad bit introverted or just like likes to just chill and then enjoy life and that sort of thing so I definitely resonate on that level also just besides the besides the fact that I love almost every single song that she puts out like solo wise so that's a, that's a rare example of me having some type of you know emotional investment in a specific idol or whatever so that's almost that's a completely different pandora's box that we can open up another time it's like stand, like solo stands are just like specific like uh like standing like specific members of different groups but mm-hmm. right yeah so i think what people should let us know in the comments do you you guys think that you do need that emotional attachment? Like, what are your guys' definitions of stand? Because I'm really interested in, yeah, seeing what everyone's definition is, as I am creation too. Mm. So, mm-hmm. Yes. Stan truly, Davok? Stan react to the K? <laughs> <laughs> and, yes. I guess from there okay, we can move topic? on. Yes, next topic. All right, so uh next topic is non fusion um, k-pop idols yep yes so yeah basically andrew you want to lead it so you brought okay this so up. the fancy title for this um topic uh is gonna be uh uhsn lana and non-asian k-pop idols so that gets that's that that's our clickbait of the day <laughs> for now um so, yeah, there's just been an, a uh, sort of, I guess, just recently a string of, you know, non-Korean, non-Asian people sort of making either debuts or just sort of finding their way into the Korean music industry. So, 
yeah, just wanted to like highlight just two examples of it, just sort of give our thoughts on, I guess, just sort of the trend or what we think of, you know, non-Asians sort of getting, you know, exposure or just getting f- fame in the K-pop space. Um, yeah, I guess that's just sort of a basic uh, summary of uh, what I wanted to go through. So. Uh, starting off with, I guess, our uh, first um, example would be uh, UHSN, uh, also known mm-hmm. as uh, Study Abroad Girl. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I didn't even listen to this song. I will literally. No, you need to listen to it. You need to listen to it right now. Like right now, like stop what you're doing and go listen to it right now because I listened to it the other day. I will. We'll get into it. But so, yeah, UHSN, also known as Study Abroad Girl. Sorry for the clickety clack. Uh, the keyboard. UHSN study abroad girl Ugyat Sonyo or I forget I don't know how they pronounce it. Uhak Sonyo. Uhak Sonyo. Yeah, yeah. Uhak Hak Sang. Yeah. Uhak Sang means foreign student actually. Foreign student. Yeah. Yeah. Study abroad girl. Well, it's technically not. It's technically just foreign student. Foreign because because exchange student would be Kyoan Hak Sang, which is what I was. Oh, is there? So, like, if someone asks, are you Yuhak saying, I had to say no, because I'm not staying in Korea forever. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, using that Korea knowledge for your, your couple of months living there. Anyway, so, yeah, with Yuhak yes. uh, uh, Sonyo, uh, it is a Mnet reality show that invited 10 girls from countries all over the world to experience Korea and sort of uh, dip their toes into what it would be like to become a K-pop idol and, you know, find their way into the music industry. So, um, I have a, a diagram on the screen, but you guys don't need to look at it. Just sort of our audience knows. Just running down the different members. So, uh, from left to right, we have Lisu, who is from Estonia. We have Vlada, who is from Ukraine. We have Nada, who is from Egypt. We have Olin, who is from Norway. We have Mind, who is from Thailand, and she kind of look. She looks a bit like Lisa, so I think that's that's probably be that probably work in her favor. Um, we have Dizzy, who is from Russia. Uh, we have Livia, who's from Sweden. We have Luna, not the group, um, L-U-N-A, uh, from <laughs> Poland. Um, uh, we have Maria, who is from the good old United States. Uh, so she got her fame or just sort of her recognition for being on the another Mnet show entitled I Can See Your Voice. So... Um, she, what she did on that show is, uh, they, I guess she would reveal that she was, uh, like a singer that won singing contests at like K-Town events in New Jersey. So she's, she's in my neck of the woods. So she's immediately like, uh, that's a huge plus. Um, and of all, like you have to sing on that show or just like they, they're trying to guess if you're a good singer or like what your background is on that show. It's like usually a lot, a lot of foreigners or like people that might not be famous. So, um, mm. she was up on stage with like a bunch of like people with AOMG and then they start um, playing, uh, don't, which is the song that like Hwasa and Loco did from, I think it was like mm. hiding on the keyboards. Umu, have you listened to that song? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like, it's incredible. Yeah, it, was, it was from like a few months ago, right? It was like last year. So. Like 20, late 2017. <laughs> Like late 2018. Oh, <laughs> like that's like, what I meant. <laughs> oh my God. We, we live in 2019. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> what year is it? Uh, yeah, so anyway, so she starts singing that song and every, like, perfect Korean and everything and just everyone goes crazy like Loco himself is surprised when he does the rap and every or when he starts like singing along as well so yeah she really got famous through that so no surprise she ended up back on the show and the last member is Chiba Eddie who is from Japan yeah. 
So Shiva Eddie was is a member of AKB48, um, like the most famous, uh, most famous uh, J-pop group in all, Japan. And she was on Produce 48. Um, she got famous because of her performance of Bubaya. She got famous because she was an F rank trainee. <laughs> um, yeah, she's because she's like one of those like people that you kind of root for, and I think she was like friends with like One and everyone else that got into Eyes One. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely glad to see Ari back here. Um, so. Just uh, I give you like background on the the idols um, and like the foreign exchange student concept. So I guess what did you think of this concept just in general before we get to like the actual like song? So Nate, I guess we can start with you. Wait, did you listen to um, the song yet or no? Uh, it literally just ended. Okay, so um, what are your thoughts on just like UHSN as like the, the the idea of like foreign exchange students? I don't know. I I mean it it makes sense for. Uh, concept for a show it's like k-pop's getting super big internationally so Mm -hmm. like it's obvious so like hey let's take foreigners and make a k-pop group out of them or whatever um i mean i so we've talked about this sit or we've talked about this uh topic before with um alex from bp urania and exp edition um we've had topics on both of them i think um, and yeah. I think for those two situations, I wasn't a big fan. Yeah. Um, and I think for these two situations, it's less egregious to me. So the reason I didn't like Alex and BP Rania and EXP Edition is it felt like it was just a publicity stunt. And they didn't really do like they didn't follow the like process i guess if that makes sense so like in k-pop like you everyone trains for years to be in these groups yeah and alex just got added with no training barely knew korean it was very much her company was taking this this dying group that wasn't doing very well and they're like let's put an african-american girl into this group and just get a bunch of publicity and hope that the group succeeds now. And yeah. like, it's not Alex's fault. I, I've n- none of this is against Alex, but, and I said that when we talked about it before, it's, it's just, yeah. it just felt so gimmicky and it felt like they were using her. Yeah. Um, just they were to hope that the, they, yeah, they were using her. If you, if that, how that whole thing played out, it was very clear. Uh, they didn't really care about it or her at all. They were just throwing her in the group to try to make it popular. Um, and then EXP edition was just four random dudes that barely didn't know any Korean <laughs> that were just did not have any singing yeah, or dancing skills at all. That was just like, let's make a K-pop group and try to become famous doing this. And yeah. it's like, you don't, you're, none of this has anything to do with K-pop. You're trying to sing in Korean. You can't speak Korean and your music's garbage. So that was just <laughs> a joke. Um, now these two situations I think are different. Um, jumping a yeah. little bit ahead, but like Lana, actually trained um for for her debut for two years she's fluent in korean like and this as as a concept for a show obviously it's a publicity stunt it's an mnet thing it's a show they're trying to get people to watch it yeah but i think Mm -hmm. it's 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 for a good like it's a reasonable cause and a reasonable like way to put foreigners into a k-pop group um is to to make it so that these people can actually like experience what it's like um obviously mnet wants to make money they want people to watch the show 
so you could say they're using these girls in this group too but it's not like alex i feel like it's yeah, nowhere near that. it's mm. not it's not nearly as malicious um mm. so i i think like for these situations like i'm more okay with it um and I, I mean, I didn't watch the show, so I can't really comment yeah, on same. how the show went or anything. So, but um, do you want me to talk about the music too? Or yeah, sure. Just you talk about the song. Through? The song was okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't like the the, the beginning part. Pop, the pop 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 pop. pop, 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 pop. That's the best part of the song. <laughs> no, that was the worst part of the song, no. in my opinion. Um, I think the song gets better <sighs> throughout, but I don't like that part. Hmm. Um. But no, yeah, I, I thought it was fine. Uh, for a show concept, it's it's fine. It, it's just when you're either using it as a gimmick, a marketing gimmick, either using the foreigner as a gimmick or beca- being a foreigner, you're using yourself or that property like as a gimmick to get famous yep. is when it causes a problem, in my opinion. Yeah. So for me, um, I guess that's that's where I was going is the problem with Alex being out to BP Rania and the, the XP edition is the fact, or even even for cases like like Holland, for examples, I feel like they're all banking on a gimmick. That's what I don't like is that it's not like people gravitating to them because their music is good or because they're suiting for talented. It's because it's just they're banking on a marketing strategy rather than mm, um, trying to produce art, I guess, you know? Yeah. And... Mm. Uh, so with UHSN, I think it's similar, but I think it's at least cool because it's a concept for a television show. It's not just, uh, it doesn't, it it doesn't come off as a, it doesn't come off as just a publicity stunt, like you said. Yeah. It's a project group. It's a project like show. It's not, it's not like they're trying to become this like 10 year old, like K-pop senior group that's gonna yeah, like yeah. show up on music shows forever and come yeah, back so, every three months and stuff like yeah so i i don't think uhsn is gonna last very long however no, they're, um, they're done already. just oh they're already done no okay. that, it was, it was a one and done thing they're already be, uh, yeah they're already all back in their home countries <laughs> okay so i didn't know if it's supposed to be like a, a group for a while or something like that um oh i guess it was just like two months anyways um uh, Lana, on the other hand, I think she has the most legitimate claim, in my opinion, because again, like she she trains, she knows Korean, she's interested in succeeding uh, the same way everybody else did. I don't think there's any problem with her. It's no different than uh, you know a trainee from China or something. Uh, yeah, or even as a solo artist, and, you know, um, like like Ailey or like an Asian American. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it, yeah. Like it's no different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Like, I was I I just watched before this uh, JFK. I think it's a podcast with Amber Lou, and she talked about how she was mm-hmm. scouted and added to a group to be a tomboy from China. Yeah, to reach. Mm-hmm. Yes, but she's from. That <laughs> but she's American. <laughs> yeah, she's American. <laughs> well, I write. Well, she's Chinese. She's yeah, yeah, Chinese. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's Chinese. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then there's a TX member, TXT member who. Or T by T, tomorrow by T. Nobody says tomorrow by together. Yeah, that's too much work. Okay, okay, okay. Um, he's half Chinese, half Caucasian, and then there's also the half Koreans, half Caucasians, and you know, there's people. You know, there's the uh, Thailand, you know, China and Japan, and 
So I, I'm fine with uh, whatever nationality you are into, like when becoming a K-pop star. Um, I do prefer like Asian aesthetics, but I mean that's not going to keep me from dis like liking or disliking the music for popsicle i felt like extremely k-pop it's just extremely, oh yeah that's very k-pop. k-pop so and also they're I, I mean i don't speak korean but it didn't sound like it was bad um and they they dance just as well as any other k-pop girl group so i thought yeah i mean i don't think nationality should get in the way of creating music that you do actually do the research and put in the practice for and that's lana yeah, it's just know Korean and know the culture and yeah, you can listen whatever language. It's like, you know, American pop, we have people from Europe make create like coming over yeah. to America. Yeah, that, exactly. That, that, it's like, so you know. common here. Yeah. For people to Think. from outside of our own country to sort of try and find success in our domestic music industry. So Yeah, like it would be different if someone artist went over to korea and produced a song that doesn't sound like k-pop nor is in korean and then like maybe tried to make the music video look like k-pop maybe that would be something that i wouldn't be sure whether i want to support because hmm. i feel like music is the number one thing you should at least be korean and fit in the style yeah yeah somewhat mm-hmm. i don't know yeah mm-hmm. So if you like oh. popsicle a lot <laughs> you can go mm-hmm. off about the the, the first song li- first listen First, I didn't write any notes down, so I think that's in my head right now. Yeah, go, but go like for it. after talking, because we interviewed David Amber at KCON, and he yeah. says that he had a lot of fun making that song, and mm-hmm. like he didn't treat it any differently than any other K-pop song yeah. he's written. Like you know, because I mean, done they they don't know, like a lot of the times when they're writing, they they don't necessarily know who's gonna get their songs. I mean, um, so it's yeah they just write to write not necessarily i mean in this case it's definitely tailored or they knew i, I think they knew going in that it was for uh this show specifically but yeah it just it definitely seems like they're just going for you know whatever they would do with korean k-pop idols or just you know typical k-pop idols yeah exactly so like i listened to the audio and i okay but then i watched the music video and i was like okay and i don't know whether it was a bright flashy visuals that made me like the song more but i definitely I put it again on my watch later playlist so i'll be checking it out again mm. in the future um i just watched lana's video which i only heard about we, her we, I didn't we can get to it later song, though but... did you have any thoughts on um like just popsicle as a song me yeah yeah we can, we yeah. can, we can get to um, we'll cover uhs yeah i I thought it was good enough. Like, like if a K-pop group put that out, I wouldn't be hating on it or anything. So, mm. yeah, like it was a good song. It wasn't like egregiously bad or anything. Like, like EXP Edition. Like, I hated that because they couldn't even pronounce Korean very well. <laughs> like, and it just sounded like a generic American pop song that I'd hear on the radio like three years yeah. before that. You know. Mm. So, but this, uh, I I think it was pretty good. Okay, so on my end. This might be one of my favorite songs of the year. <laughs> Just going out and saying that right now. Because I mean, ridiculous claim. No, because yeah, okay, it's, here, it's hear not, me out, hear me out. Because like, <laughs> again, like you guys have said, if, if like some like traditional like Korean K-pop group put out this song, 
it'd blow the fuck up. It'd be everywhere. You'd hear it. I feel like it'd, it'd do well on the charts and everything. And I mean, it makes sense being the fact that uh, like David Amber and Ryan Jun were the, like the two like masterminds behind it, some of my favorite producers. So I feel like, yeah, it, it definitely resonated with me more than I thought it would going into, oh, it's just like a project, like foreigner group sort of thing. And there wasn't any of that, I guess, Going into it, you think there'd be like a cringe element to it. There isn't any cringe at all. Yeah, they, they're great. Like you definitely can tell that they're foreigners yeah. in terms of their like pronunciation, but they're they do it well enough. Um, they do um, they sing well. I think like this isn't they just got random like girls from like all around the world and like we're gonna turn you into idols, but you can't like do any of like the actual like hard work or whatever. Like a lot of them were you know K-pop fans and you know they know the history and they know what it takes to sort of become an idol and yeah. i feel like yeah, just getting giving them a taste of that is i feel very fascinating television um or just seeing the process of that uh so yeah and in all honesty they like the amount of like you definitely can't divorce it from like the the music video or the visuals but a lot of them just have so much more energy than you'd see than even like a like there are new goo groups that are fully Korean that don't have as much energy or as much stage presence as, as these girls do. So I feel like yeah, you, I I feel like you can't really like give them like uh, you can't really give them any like trouble for not being Koreans because I feel like they they did try their best in this and I feel like they did they did incredible with it. So yeah, I'm going yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna die on this hill. This is an amazing song. Everyone needs to go listen to this. I stand this group even though it's completely dead. And I just explained for like half an hour about why I don't stand groups, but um. <laughs> I don't know I don't know. I don't agree with you that this song would have blown up. I think this song would have only blown up if Twice performed it. Well, but no, yeah, I, I don't think, like, I don't think any, any B tier girl group does this song. No one cares about but it. But no, like I that's what I'm saying though. Like if they're the re- regular collaborators with people like Twice, people like groups like G Five, oh, yeah. whatever. If but one of those any groups song did it, Twice puts out, it's gonna blow up. Yeah, but I'm saying like, hey, again, that's why. Like, yeah, Dance the Night Away blew up. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, that sounds <laughs> hey, great. Hey, you leave that. You leave that back at home. <laughs> We love we st- we love dance the night away in this household. Um, no, we don't. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, I just I, it makes me want to go back and watch the show in all honesty because I feel like it's super interesting. I know a bunch of the people, or I know some of the people there. Um, yeah, and I think they you did know really. Chiba Ari. I know Ari. I know. <laughs> Maria, you want to watch it because yeah. of AKB? Yeah, hell yeah! I mean, I, like it, it's funny because she's not famous at all in Japan just because she's like. Like, she's, like, the B-tier of the B-tier of the B-tier. Yeah, like, there's, like, so many people in AKB48. It's hard to get a kick. I don't think she's ever made, a, like, a Senbatsu for a single. So it's so... It's so it's actually endearing to see that she she's grown a fan base in Korea and like she has like people that know her and everything. So yeah, I I, I just wish all the best for her <laughs> uh, in the end. And also, I'd love to interview Maria. I don't know if she watches YouTube or podcasts, but you know, you're, if you're in my neck of the woods and you want to talk, or you want to uh, mm-hmm. talk about how the show is like or what like being uh, I, I guess a, a singer in Korea is like, definitely hit me up. Um, hit up Umu unless if you want to talk to someone more famous. I guess I don't know. You can do interview. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah, have clout. Yeah, I'm open. <laughs> you, can be uh, the, anyway. you can be in the same room while I interview. Sure, sure, sure. I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just <laughs> be there. And he just sits next to you, like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> you, you can use your connections. Anyway, so yeah, uh, I, I definitely love this song a lot. I will die on the hill for um, Popsicle being a top 10 song of the year for me. Anyway, moving on to the other one, Lana, you guys started to sort of de- delve into it a bit. Uh, I can give a bit of information on her background. So she is a 22-year-old idol debuting from Russia. She was born on an island that I can't pronounce because um, I don't know how to speak Russian. It's like Sakhalin or something like that. Um, so it's this part of Russia that's like sort of remote on the eastern because most of the population of Russia lives um, towards Europe, like to Western Russia. Eastern Russia is a lot more you know, barren because you have like Siberia there. But the island she was born on has a history of Korean uh, migration, also had a like small history of Japanese occupancy, which kind of explains why she looks a bit Asian. It, it's like, like granted she is Asian she's she's from the Asian part of Russia like that that's just mm-hmm. one thing we should get out of the way is that um Russia like culturally you might think of them as all looking you know the, the same you know very like white European type of deal but yeah. Russia has something like almost 150 50 different ethnicity groups that live inside because Russia's massive yeah, she, yeah. She'd probably have more in common with people from like uh, Kazakhstan or Uzbekistan yeah, she has, she has, than people uh, from like Western Western Moscow. Russia. Yeah, I yeah. believe she she has she has Tatar blood in her like in her uh, like just heritage or whatever. Her father has um, that those genes. So yeah, the Kazakhstan, like Uzbekistan, like anyone like uh, like Turkic people, like that sort of thing. They a lot of them look Asian, so. That sort of explains things. Um, So after high school, she uh, moved to Korea to study the language. Um, She appeared on Abnormal Summit, which is like this variety show about people, you know, foreigners living in Korea and just sort of their experience or like talking about their own home country. Um, She studied at, you know, she studied at your uh, school, Jacob. She studied at Sunkunkwan University. She took Paul Sai. Wait, when did... When did she graduate? I don't know. Like it must have been like a while ago or whatever. Or she, maybe she oh, didn't okay. like complete it. Cause, but yeah, she she went to SKKU. She trained two years under HICC Entertainment, and yeah, she's debuting as the quote unquote first Russian K-pop idol. Um, oh, wait, it says she she received the scholarship in the middle of the current semester. So yo, you so you went to school still there. So you went yeah, to school at the same time as went, Yeah. Did you see Technically, a, I went to school with Lana, and I also went to school with that one girl from Playback. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, Jacob. You're meeting all these... You're connecting with all these idols. <laughs> yeah, I totally met them. Yeah, you totally... I mean, you probably saw her on campus, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, maybe. At one maybe. Point. I, yeah, I might have seen a giant cons- campus that has two different campuses. <laughs> yeah. Well, she would have been on the Seoul campus, um... And Not who knows? I probably I probably could have seen her and thought she was an exchange student or something. <laughs> so. Yeah, but so I mean, I guess sort of the controversy like surrounding her outside of just her being like Russian is it? A lot of people feel like the term has been thrown around is that people think she's a Koreaboo in terms of just like the way she styles herself or just like the way like, people are thinking that she's trying to look Asian. So I guess what are your thoughts on that? So uh, I guess Nate, you can start us off. <laughs> I don't know if I have thoughts on that because I don't really know <laughs> what to think of that. But as for like her as an idol and stuff, like I said before, I think it's it's infinitely better than these other like situations we talked about because she actually like put the work in. Like my biggest thing with like issue with these is like not putting the work in because I know how hard all of these 
people go through to become idols like how much work they put in like how many years they have to train to become idols and like it bothers me when people get a free pass basically Mm -hmm. um so the fact that she actually put the work in i think she trained for like two years or whatever yeah and like she's been in korea she knows the language she's learned the language she's been on variety she goes to a korean university she goes to a korean university like she's put the work in and so it it's it's like it feels deserved if that mm-hmm. makes sense where yeah. other times it definitely doesn't yeah. um it feels like they're stealing like it sounds dumb because anyone can become an idol or like not anyone but like it's not like there are a limited spots or whatever but it feels like these people that get free passes are taking away from people that have put in a bunch of work that might not end up ever becoming idols or something like that I mean, um but no yeah for her it, it definitely not the situation not the not the case yeah, that's the thing, though. A lot of people still feel like she's taking away from, like, other people that could have had the spot, but, I mean... I think she, if she put the work in, she deserves it. Yeah, yep. definitely. Um, so, Jacob? It's not... Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like... I don't... I just hate these kind of issues, because I feel like they're just so shallow and... Yeah. It, literally skin-deep like, type of an issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know. People say cultural appropriation or something, but... Where does that? Where is where? Where is that line? Well, also, where's that line line? drawn? Exactly. Like, am I appropriating Asian culture by doing this podcast? Am I a Korea boo because I went and lived in Korea for four months? (laughs) Yeah, totally Korea boo. (laughs) Like, I, I, there's nowhere to draw the line, and that's where I stand on those issues. Is that if you can't like define it, then it doesn't exist. Hmm. So, umu. Are people angry at her because she's trying to look Asian or because she's trying to look Korean? I think specifically. Like, like, wait, what does what does even looking what does looking Korean like well, even Korean, mean? Like, Korean beauty is a very specific thing. Yeah, I think. K beauty, and then I also think Japanese beauty is very specific. Chinese beauty is very specific. I mean, but the like, thing is, I also there was well, put like, it this way, all Andrew. All my Japanese the, friends. Yeah, go ahead. Put it this way, Andrew. When I was in Korea, I I, I could literally pick out from a crowd. Yeah, you can. Like, yeah, that girl is Japanese. Yep. Like literally, yeah, you a hundred percent can do with that when you're in Korea. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like. But then, yeah. Or, or like even Chinese have, people. Like the Chinese people yeah. will be all wearing like Gucci and freaking off white and stuff. <laughs> and, <laughs> like I'm not kidding. I'm literally yes, not kidding. I know. I know. Ooh. I see. I see a lot of them. And like y- you can tell because. They all have different uh, ways that they express themselves that are kind of unique to their own countries, you know? So hmm. it's, there is a way to look a certain yeah, culture, I, I guess. guess. So, uh, I'll um, put it that way. We're, we're following up on what you're saying. Yeah, so basically I do have Japanese and Chinese friends who follow the Korean culture, but I don't ever see them being called Koreaboos. And I mean, maybe it's because, you know, Asian versus Caucasian um, mm-hmm. and just like the racism, you know, in our past that Caucasians have put on Asians that is causing the this um, like, oh, you've been like just like towards. OK, I've never like really thought about this before, so I might be messing up. Yeah, no, don't. don't. You can work but, it out. Like, definitely. That's what a podcast for. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wonder I wonder if the main hate hatred is is that you know caucasians 
have in the past made fun of Asians. So now why are you tr- suddenly trying yeah, to look like us? Not that's only definitely... look like us, but become a part of our culture yeah. in a way of becoming a pop star. Yeah, but, with that, but like, I, I, I with, mean, yeah, go ahead. With, uh, with that point, I think it's it's only Western people thinking about that, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think, think anyone people in Korea cares. care at all about that, to be honest. Like, I didn't get that yeah, sense, also, at least, when I was yeah, there. Yeah, like, I... When when this started rising up, I was actually hanging out with PD and a few other Koreans, and they were talking about this, and they, and I just kind of like sat there listening to their conversation, and they said that a lot of the Koreans weren't upset with this at all. It was only like the international fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yep. that's the funny part. It's always the international so fans that, that are getting mad about offended these on behalf things of that when yeah they're being offended on behalf of koreans when koreans don't care at all like it's so weird though like weird reverse like sort of i don't know dynamic about it <laughs> like anger and yeah it's just it doesn't make any sense hmm. so yeah never mind maybe what i said about like racism racism and stuff but no no i mean, yeah. overall, I mean like, it's my thoughts that, exactly that's definitely a valid point yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely valid, valid point, yeah, to be I, taken into account. Yeah, I don't want to. We don't want to dismiss that, but okay. yeah, it, yeah, that is. My that, that, thoughts are just. Sorry, my overall thoughts are exactly um, what Nathan. It's just like she put in the studied. I mean, I think she can do whatever she wants. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think we're like it's the biggest problem is that a lot of people sort of tend to make sweeping generalizations just based on how she's oh, yeah. she looks without looking into the fact that like I saw some really like dumb comments saying like oh she trained for two years and this is all she can show for but I mean like even there's even Korean trainees that they train for years and they don't have much to show for either so I don't feel like it's something that's intrinsic to like what your like literal like background or heritage is so yeah in a yeah. way I, I just just in general I don't like making big sweeping generalizations about like people as a as a race or ethnicity i feel like especially in this case it's a case-by-case basis where like you can't just discredit like her hard work like if you if you there's videos on youtube of her like speaking korean like to like other koreans or just like speaking korean to like her fan base and like swear to god if Mm -hmm. you listen if you close your eyes you don't even look like if you didn't know anything about the situation, you think she's Korean. Like, that's, like, the yeah. level of fluency she's operating at. So, I mean, yeah, it's just it's just this weird sort of thing where, again, it, it's very hard for people to look away from it. I mean, granted, K-pop very much is a skin deep. <laughs> that, that's, oh, all yeah, they, that's all they care about, ultimately. So, it, 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 it and being a, a non like not being the splitting image of what people consider to be an Asian, definitely it it, it works both against her in that like definitely people might give her a hard time, but it does work for her that I maybe she does she is getting a lot more exposure than she would if she was just you know an Asian person. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I on my thoughts is at the end of the day, it's a business. I mean, they're just there if there's a market for it. I mean, they get like K-pop as an international sort of medium or an international sort of collective i feel it it's not just a byproduct anymore they're specifically marketing to people like us to people in you know south america to people in africa to people in europe all other parts of asia like they know that it's not just koreans consuming this stuff now so i feel it's, it's almost in your best interest to maybe sort of introduce 
and there's there's a lot of willing people that are that want to learn and you know go through this process of becoming an idol so i feel like yeah, i don't think you know their ethnicity or their background should ever be a detriment if they're willing to put in the work and i feel like that's that should be anything yeah. that anyone for any sort of job or anything i don't think yeah just in general like as long as you put in the work it shouldn't matter what like the what you look like um uh specifically so uh, I guess that sort of just wraps up the topic in general. I mean, I feel like we were pretty much in agreement just in general that they make good music. I mean, granted, uh, I, 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 I got to be honest with Lana. I didn't really like her song all too much just because I feel like she's kind of soft-spoken. The problem, and- the problem with Lana's song, I don't think it's bad, is the mixing is really bad. Oh, yeah, the mixing like her, is bad. Her vocals, yeah. her vocals are too loud, too loud or the instrumentals are too quiet. And then in the yep. live performance, it was kind of the opposite, where you could barely hear her speak, and some people were sort of criticizing, oh, she was speaking the English lines a lot louder than the Korean, but I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of K-pop groups like that, like even Koreans, so I mean, you can't give her too much slack. I mean, I yeah. honestly, I, I, I think we all wish the best for her, just to, because it, it's, it's definitely, an, an, not, not everyone has the balls to leave their home country and go to a completely different country to become, and like, to become a famous, like celebrity figure singing in a language that wasn't your birth or your mother tongue so i mean it definitely it takes a specific kind of person to you know achieve that dream so i feel like yeah, we should be applauding her for being willing to you know chase after something like that it's something that i feel like other people should yeah. aspire towards you know th- again like maria in uhsn she it's her dream to become a korea a singer in korea so yeah i feel like we shouldn't you know really let hamper people chasing their dreams uh, in the long run. Uh, Umu, you can have yeah. the last word if you wanted to say something. <laughs> um, no, just basically what you guys said. Yeah, I actually didn't listen to the headphone. Um, so I, it was like I listened quietly and I noticed. Yep, Umu, you got out of it. <laughs> what? Oh, you got out you of cut it. Out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, just, 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 just okay. go over what you said again. Okay. So I noticed that, yeah, the vocal <laughs> read the comment section, and then I got with. So Move a little I mean, bit closer I to the your talent. mic. You keep cutting out a little bit. Oh no! Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear yeah, you. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you're okay. just getting a little so too far from it. Yeah, just repeat. Just, just repeat. Like cutting out. These are headphones. Oh, it's your headphones. They stay oh, the same I don't know. Length. Yeah. Um, so just like, do I need to repeat everything that I already said? I mean, you, you just, we heard that you started listening. Just summarize to it. Yes, just to summarize it. <laughs> so summarizing it is just that I can't remember what the song sounds like, but I think that she has the talent and passion and oh, like my eyes will be out for what she releases next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think she'd do better at a group just because I feel like he, like it sort of like maybe masks any sort of deficiencies in terms yeah, of like what she's well, not think familiar with. In pretty much anyone will do better. Most people can do better yeah, in a group. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a small company, so maybe they just want... Your yeah, sort of deficiencies. But yeah, I think that we've, we summed it up pretty well. So uh, for those of you in the comments, definitely let us know what your thoughts are on this whole sort of non-Asian K-pop idol sort of thing. Do you like... Uh, UHSN? Do you like Lana? Do you like any of their music? Uh, would you consider listening to like permanent groups that, you know, may not have like a, a many Koreans or just any Koreans in it, but they're singing in, uh, you know, Korean and they like do all the work. So definitely I'd like to sort of have a good open conversation about it. No meanness or 
craziness in the comments, please. But yeah, I think it'd be a good conversation. And on that note, I think honestly we should. I think we should honestly cut it short because we are closing yep. in on two twenty-one. So I could just <laughs> yeah. cut. I can just do. <laughs> oh my um, god. Uh, I could just do uh, split day six into two parts. I can split day six into two parts because it's like an hour on its own. <laughs> but mm. so we can still yeah. get four parts out of it. But I mean, yeah, go ahead and you can do the spiel. Um, sorry to cut the um, depression topic out, but we can do it another time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You want to end it, Jacob? Yeah. Yep. So, All right. Jacob, well, take us out. So, uh, thanks for listening this week. Um, again, if you're a new listener, subscribe if you like our stuff. Um, and if you don't know React with K, definitely head over to Umu's channel. She has a lot of cool videos up there. Um, let's see. Join Discord, please. Um, if you need a community to sort of, uh, you know, talk to K-pop, talk about K-pop with, um, just. Uh, Everybody in our um, Discord is pretty much mostly uh, multi-fandom, so we'll talk about pretty much anything and anything that comes out. New releases, um, we do song ratings, we do yes. discography listens, we do. Uh, we even talk about off-topic stuff like gaming, um, movies, Wrestling. all sorts of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, join Discord, it's awesome. Um, subscribe if you like us, like uh, like this video if you like it. Um, comment on our discussions. We love to hear feedback. We also love to hear like your opinions on certain topics and we'll even usually apply, uh, reply to your comments and, uh, yeah. Thank you for listening and or watching. Um, ooh, is there anything that you wanted to sort of shout out or promote, uh, that you're doing <laughs> upcoming? Uh, um, nothing, nothing new immediately. But yeah, for sure, like right now, it's just the transition time. It's summertime. I'm finishing up season three of Classical Musicians React, and I'm preparing for season four of Classical Musicians React. So I look forward to another. That's the final year. season? Uh, the final season of Classical mm-hmm. Musicians React. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not wow. the final Mark? season, but. Uh, It'll definitely, we'll definitely have to take have on a new role. After, because new... yeah, I'd say like 98% of the current reactor are graduating. But we are staying at school, and I think if I interview a lot of people and audition a lot of people, we could get a solid cast back up and running because I am going to be applying for a fifth year um, to study Korean, actually, to study Asian history. Nice. Um, Because the end goal is a Fulbright in Korean. So I think that I will have a year of Classical Musicians React at Eastman. Awesome. So, but that there might need to be a hiatus also because I want to do like a really freaking huge project like bigger than my 2018 medley yeah. um, okay. but I would need a break from the main yeah. series in order to get it to the good yeah. like the amazing quality that it. I want it to be at cool. so I guess just look forward to future cool possibilities yeah Nice. nice. And subscribe to Patreon because she needs to pay for. I was gonna say yeah, go to her Patreon. Oh my god, I need money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Next big project. Me too. Me too. <laughs> you need that. You you need the Take YouTube Start a Patreon. The Pokemon Patreon. Pokemon Patreon. Pokemon 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 follows me. Yeah. I'm not. The, I'm not good. Yeah, yeah definitely. Umu definitely d- puts content worthy of Patreoning or patroning their 
uh, sort of channel. So definitely check her out. Definitely check out all the stuff they do. Um, yeah, definitely some of the best content out there on YouTube in terms of K-pop content uh, alongside our own. Yes. Right so. back at you. Yeah. Woo. Advertise us, please. Okay. Too bad PD can't get in on this love fest because he never comes on our, no. our, our show. That's because we, no, we, we got him. We, we, we needed, yeah, Dear we invited PD. him once and we couldn't figure it out and we gave up after that. It's, it's totally on us, like you said. I can't go on. Dear like, PD, <laughs> I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. I left my ho- I left my number, oh, no. so- home phone, and pager at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just need to write. I just need to write stand level letters to PD, and maybe they'll respond. Oh so. God, that's the way to run <laughs> to run them away from us. <laughs> okay, you can take Who it knows? out, Jacob. You never know. That's it. Jacob oh, already yes. took us out. Hey, yeah. You gotta see, end it. Like, you know, just say thank you, goodbye, or something like that. I don't know. Thank you and goodbye. Stay and popsicle. Stay throbbing. If your popsicle is gonna explode, maybe it starts throbbing. But yeah, listen to popsicle. Um, that was extremely. <laughs>